evening, New York sports fans, and I, my condolences to all the Rangers fans out there lo- losing an absolute heartbreaker to the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Uh, the Lightning will move on to the Stanley Cup final, so I'm sure we will load up the calls right in this opening segment here with with those Rangers fans. I'm Daniel McCartan. McCartan before midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you up till 3 a.m. on this late Saturday night into Sunday morning here in New York City. So whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now throughout the rest of the night. And we're here in the Big Apple, in the studio as always. And Connor Green and I are coming to you live from that Carton and Roberts, Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. Uh, quick check into the Met game, just as, as you just heard, but it shows that the Mets are trailing the Angels 2-zip. Uh, is this a home run? Yep, it's it's now 3-0. It is 3-0 Angels. And I will definitely, that's a Mike Trout blast, by the way, solo home run, 15th on the year. I will definitely keep you updated throughout the night on the goings-on from Anaheim. But since the new format worked really well last weekend, let's do it again tonight. I'm going to do a little bit on the Rangers right now, and I want you to call me through Connor ASAP, and we're taking calls right here in the first segment. And, of course, I had to start with the Rangers. I had to start with the Rangers tonight. You know, the, the New York Rangers were on the brink of elimination for the third playoff series in a row this season. And they, of course, were in Tampa Bay hoping to hand the Lightning just its second loss at home in the playoffs, the first since Game 3 of the first round against Toronto. And, you know, Friday... Andrew Kopp said, we've been down 3-2 every series so far. We have a lot. Uh, we have to have a level of desperation. I think the confidence of doing it before is bigger and better than having to do it again. I think there's the belief in the room. Yet when the Rangers came out, you saw in the first period, they. I didn't see the desperation. I didn't see the energy. I didn't see the desperation. And, you know, in order to do it, in order to get that win, the Rangers had to get the best of Andre Vasilevsky, who has the most series-clinching shutouts of all time. Now it's seven. And a guy coming into tonight's game throughout his seven previous series-clinching wins, guy only allowed one goal. Coming into tonight, Vasilevsky, in in series-clinching wins, has 200 shots against him, and he only allowed one in. So you knew this was going to be a low-scoring game. You knew pretty much whoever was going to score the first game, uh, the first goal of the game, was was likely going to win it. And Vasilevsky, in his last seven series-clinching wins, you know what the goals against average was coming into tonight? 0.14. 0.14. And when Vetrano scores that goal, which we'll get to in a minute, you were like, woo! I know Connor and I were behind the glass over there watching it together. And and then you had Chris Kreider, who coming into this game has 15 career goals when his team faces elimination. Tied for second most in NHL history. And he didn't do much tonight. You know, like I I alluded to, the first period was, was dominated by the Lightning. And they completely controlled the action. I mean, multiple odd man rushes. I mean... I had on the Yankees and the Lightning on split screen on the TV, and every time my eyes shifted to the left to the hockey game, Shostarkin was standing on his head. Like I said, odd man rushes, pucks ringing off the post, 11 shots for Tampa Bay and, and seven for the Rangers in that first period, and, and I don't even know if I ever saw one of them for the Rangers. 
You sure there were seven? And then, all of a sudden, the power play goal from Vetrano ties tonight's game at 1-1 to with 6.53 left. Rangers fans high-fiving each other, thinking there's a chance. And that was wiped out just exactly 21 seconds later. All hope was lost 21 seconds later. Stamco scored a goal that was reviewed and confirmed and was the right call. And you just felt it. Just all of the Rangers' momentum was just poof, gone at that point. Igor, as excellent as he was all night, like I just said, the guy was standing on his head all night long. Igor Shosturkin needed to squeeze that Stamkos shot in the glove, glove side, in the glove. Nine times out of ten, he does. Unfortunately, tonight, it was the one time that he didn't. Then, shortly after that, literally the glass at the Amelie Arena needed to be fixed with like five minutes ago. That that's all you need. That's all you needed to know to, to know that the, the 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 momentum completely shifted. The wind was completely out of the sails of the Rangers. You know, then you're sitting there at home and you're thinking, okay, well the Rangers had 27 come from behind victories in the regular season, two in the playoffs, and they could not make it just one more tonight. And now the Tampa Bay Lightning are the first team. Since the early 80s Oilers to go to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals. Plural because it's three of them. Obviously, it's the Stanley Cup final. But ultimately, um, yeah, here's a text from my cousin uh, from Tampa. Someone's been quiet this past week or so. He spelled quiet wrong, so there's that. I'm going to tell him I'm on the radio right now. Yeah, rub it in, okay? So ultimately, I think the, the question boils down to... Should the Rangers, who were never expected to go this far, should they be happy with how far they got? The That's him again. He said, oh, nice. The ESPN announcer said that the Rangers should feel pride. Or is it more, is, is devastated the right adjective? Because they were this close. And if it's me, I'm going with devastated. This Rangers team. Seemingly improved, at least a little bit, with with every single game, every single series. And, you know, this series against the Lightning was there to be had. You had Sunday in Game 3, the the, the turning point of the game, and, and potentially the series, I think, especially because the Rangers have such a hard time scoring in five-on-five scenarios was when Kucherov, Kucherov was called for a four-minute double minor for high-sticking with 9.04 left in Game 3 on Sunday. And I was on after that game as well. I said it then, and I'll say it again now. Jacob Truba negated that that advantage with, with a penalty of his own. I mean, the Rangers only had 27 seconds of a man advantage. They were that close. And then on Thursday night, you're watching Game 5. I, I was home watching Game 5. Ryan Strom whiffed on a wide-open net that would have put the Rangers ahead 2-1. to one. So again, that, this series was this close. So when you say, should the Rangers feel happy with how far they got, they should feel prideful with how far they got. No, I don't think so. 
I don't think so. They had they were up two zero in this in this playoffs series against the Lightning. They had the defending champs two years in a row on the ropes. And so for me, this is a devastating loss. And especially, I just glanced ahead and I looked at, you know, what's the contract scenario for some of these guys for next season? There's many players that are not going to be back next season, theoretically. Maybe. I looked at, you've got restricted free agents with Heedle, Miller, and Lafreniere. And then Reeves is an unrestricted free agent. So you can't just say, oh, they'll be back next year. You can't. So, again, the adjective I'm going with, if you're a Rangers fan, is devastated. Devastated. Maybe you shed a tear tonight. It's okay. It's all right to have shed a tear, Rangers fans. So sometimes I need to play um, psychologist here with the microphone in front of my face. I think tonight's one of those nights. So let's open up the calls at 877-337-6666. And uh, we'll take some Rangers calls right here in the open. And uh, I, I do have my my trusty trumpet right here to send the Rangers off in the uh, in, uh, in, in in fashion tonight. But uh, Connor and I decided that in this first segment here, it might be a little too raw. So that'll be coming up a little later in the show. Don't want to rub... Any salt in the wounds right now, but yes, my trumpet is here. I'm looking at it. I am touching the case. I will be sending the Rangers off in, in the McCartan trumpet style here tonight, a little bit later tonight. So, again, let's open up the calls, 877-337-6666. Let's go to, in the order that you called here, Michael in Lake Mary, Florida. You're up on the fan. Good evening, Coach. How you doing? Well, uh, all right, I guess. I know it's it's horrible. It's hard, and and I agree with you. I am. I, I was trying to get my mindset into feeling. Yeah, I'm proud of what they've done, and they're ahead of schedule, and et sure. cetera, and so forth. But it's it's devastating. It, it is because you just never know what's going to happen next year. Injury is going to happen. Who's going to be back? Who's not? Is it? You just can't automatically think you're going to go for, get back to that spot again. But. The one point I got to bring up here is, is I, I I love what Galan has done the whole year, but I got really got to question this move of benching Kako and putting in Strom because mm-hmm. uh, Kako has shown uh, with that kid line just showing some energy, some showing some some uh, some spunk if you want to call it. He's grown a lot in the playoffs. Maybe you, you can't just look at the goals; you got to look at everything else he's been doing. But Strom wasn't even a hundred percent, and yeah. then he didn't have this guy in the third period. So you're playing with, with one less forward. And the team just looked tanked, too. They just 20, 20 games in, in 40 days eventually just catches up with you. And, and, uh, they, they, and look fla- they look flat right from the beginning. You're watching flat. that game, and you're like, wow, this is not flat the is same the Rangers game. team that I've been watching. No, absolutely. And, if you, and, and anybody who remembers, you know, when they did, the year that they did win the Cup, the, the key things are you've got to get some of, the, through some of those early rounds. You can't go seven games every single time. It will eventually catch up with you. So... Uh, maybe I'll feel better next week, <laughs> but right now I feel devastated. So yeah, I'll, uh, but that's that's my my take today. Well, yeah, and, and there we go, Michael. There's the word devastated from uh, from Rangers fans. Thanks for the call there. You know, I was thinking about this Capo healthy scratch thing too, and I'm like, 
I don't know. There's got to be something to it. I mean, I know there. I hope the reporters are going to ask um, Gallant why, but I kind of tried to see, figure out why I'm, I'm, you know, myself. And I'm thinking, all right, the kid line. Okay, they had limited time in the game before this one. I mean, Kako was kind of the weakest link out of that line. He it, this whole entire playoffs, like all of the games, not just in this series, the entire playoffs, he's got five points. Heedle has uh, nine, and Lafreniere has nine on that kid line. So maybe it was just maybe it was just because of that. Maybe he's just not as productive. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. So I hope that we can get it from Gallant after this game because I would be definitely um, definitely interested in hearing that. James in Manhattan, you're up on the fan. Oh, hi, Danielle. How you doing? Uh, all right. How are you? Oh, devastating loss. Devastating. Um, missed opportunities all around. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I didn't think the referees did a good job. Uh, they missed the four and four. Four and four. Um, I thought the Stamkos goal. I didn't think it should have been a goal. Well, um, see, I'll, see, I, I know, sorry. and I was kind of, I, we were watching it without the, the volume on, but to me, it looked like since it popped out of the glove of Shesterkin, it's kind of like, you know, free free game, free range there, and that's kind of why. I mean, I, I think, I mean, they, I think that's the ruling, right? Yeah, yeah. I it popped out. It popped out. It's not like he knocked it out. It popped out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the only thing I did want to touch on is, I didn't think ESPN did a good job either on the television. I thought they favored the Lightning. Um, my father and I do not listen to ESPN. We think Sean McDonough's a terrible for my play man. We actually listen to Kenny and Dave on the Rangers radio. They do a way better job. Yeah, I, I was listening on the radio all the way in. I mean, because the Yankees were a blowout, so I really didn't. I was. Car- yeah. I, I didn't need to listen to the Yankee game tonight, so I was listening, of course, to the, to the Rangers and. Yeah, it's um, you know, as you're driving, it's it's hard to kind of visualize it, but they do an excellent job. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what it is? It's it's like the local. It almost feels like a local flavor versus like a more national TV flavor. You know, the big game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't like that either. Yeah. Have a good night. So yeah, James, you too. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a rough go. It's a rough go if you're a Ranger fan right now. Rangers eliminated, eliminated from the playoffs, from the Eastern Conference Final by the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are on their way to their third consecutive Stanley Cup Final. Hasn't been done since before I was born in the early 80s, since the Oilers have done it. I mean, yikes. Man, oh man, Rangers. Oh man, oh man. Dave and Comac. You're hey, up on the phone. What's up, Dave? Well, I said to you last week, I said the key, two keys to the series, you had to win game five. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. They they had to win game three also. They would have had them on the ropes. They would have won game three. But the real key to this whole thing was that uh, if you look at the goal that they gave up today, the guy was too far out of the net. He couldn't get back in time. Yep. And that's been the key. That's been an ongoing theme in the uh, series. And the Lightning was doing it in the beginning when they lost the first two. And I said to you last week, I said, as long as the Lightning stays in the net uh, and don't do what he did in the first two games, that uh, it'll be a different story. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yep. That's what happened. But uh, I still think that that, uh, for even though I'm an Islander fan, that the Rangers are in better shape than the Islanders. 
and uh, it was a huge mistake getting rid of Trotz. Yes. And they just didn't want to spend the money to rehire the coach. That's what I think. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? I mean, look at the difference that Gallant made on this team. I mean, in the regular season, I mean, he doubled the Rangers, or more than doubled the Rangers' regular season wins. Basically with the same roster, all pretty much. I mean, look at the difference that a good coach can make in the game of hockey. I mean, the Islanders were nuts in doing that. And they got rid of Denaher the other day, maybe even yesterday, that they're, uh, they're getting rid of their uh, assistant coaches. It's, it must be a money grab is what I think. They don't want to spend the money. That's essentially the, a theme of the island. It's the ongoing theme of the island since they got rid of Zygmunt Palfi back uh, in the night. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, we'll have to wait and see what, what happens. You would think that they would try to keep the best the best personnel around, whether that's on the ice and or in the coaching room, you, you would think. Because, yeah. they, I mean, they're not far removed from the Eastern Conference Finals themselves two years in a row. The, oh, well, yeah, the Islanders went one game further than the Rangers, but they couldn't score any goals in uh, in Game 7. That, that was the difference. Yeah, and, and David, thanks for the call there. It's something It's something that both Islander fans and Ranger fans could, could commiserate over, I think, in the sense that they were bounced by the same team over the past three seasons. The Islanders twice, and the Rangers now once. It's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's disappointing. It's devastating, I think, if you're a Rangers fan. I don't know if you there's a single Rangers fan out there that's like, oh, gee, gosh, Willie. You know what? They had a great season. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I don't think so. I think right now, you know, you're looking at it and you're like, wow. This this burns. This is tough. This is tough to take. So I'm Daniel McCart. We'll take more of your calls coming up. Rangers eliminated from playoff contention. Bombs away in the Bronx today. Yankees put on a show, a home run derby out there. And the Mets are uh, are down 3 nothing in Anaheim right now. I'm Daniel McCartan. Give me a call at 877-337-6666. Oh, what could have been the glory days? What could have been for this New York Rangers team? They, it's not like they didn't have chances to, to beat the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's not like they didn't have chances. They had a chance in Game 3. They had a chance in Game 5. And, and maybe even tonight as well. And it just it just didn't work out for them. There are no glory days here in New York for the Rangers. Maybe if you're an Islander fan, you're gloating right now. Potentially, possibly. I mean, it's, uh, it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss against a really good team. A really good, well-balanced, shut-down, goaltender type of team. So if you're the Rangers, they said on the on the TV broadcast that I was watching, I, I ran in here and turned the volume on, you know, the Rangers should be proud of how far they've come. They've, you know, basically saying that they weren't expected to get this far. But when you get this far, when you are knocking on the doorstep, how do you feel anything but just flat out devastated, crushed that your team was just this close? This close to going to the Stanley Cup final. And I know they would have had to come back and win one at the Garden. But I, I, I'll take my, I, t- I like my chances if, if, uh, if I'm a Rangers player. I, I like my chances at the Garden. Tough, crushing blow, crushing loss for the Rangers. And uh, tonight might be a little bit of a therapy session. Give me a call. I'm Daniel McCartan, 877-337-6666. I promised I'd keep you updated on the Met game. And it's the top of the fifth inning. 
Mets are down three zip, but they are in business here. They've set up a first and third, but no outs. Top of the fifth. On a throwing error, actually. On a on a double play ball. So, there you go. Mets fans, you're in business. All right, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Uh, in the order that you called, Jeff in Farmingdale. You're up next on the fan. Yes, hello. Hello. Yes. You know, I, I have to put my two cents in here about Panarin. Uh, game three, he just was giving away the puck way too many times. And, and, and I mean... The guy just hot dogs way too much. Certainly not what you want to see from a guy that's got uh, as much you know hype around him as as Panarin does. You're right. Absolutely, and and you know I mean you, you look at the the team in general. They rely on Shesterkin way too much. I mean you got to put up goals. If if you have a goalie like that, you have to put up goals to give him a little bit more confidence. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm looking at, just, just to put a number to it, in case anybody is like, no, no, he did fine. The last five games, you know, of course, against the Lightning, his plus minus was either a, I'm looking, zero, 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 negative two, negative one. So he's just out there skating around, you know, 19 minutes, 21 minutes, doing a whole bunch of nothing out there. Yeah, but in, specifically in game three, look how many pucks he gave away when he was skating around with the puck. It's ridiculous. I'm trying to find that stat real quick just to, to give the listeners a, 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 a number to put that with. Um, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, the guy, it, it's just, he disappeared. The guy disappeared. What, you That's said it. You said game three? That's one, two, three. I'm looking. Go ahead. Yeah, and then, I mean, then for, forget it. You, you brought up the point before about uh, Kreider. Where, where was he? Where was he? Seriously. The guy shines in, in these elimination games. He was absolutely absent tonight, too. Yep, they're gonna have to switch his name to Cryer because he's just—he's just a—he's a, a crybaby. He's not even there. Well, well, that's that's a good line there, Jeff, and he's causing a lot of Rangers fans to, to cry tonight. Uh, yeah, Chris Kreider, nowhere to be found tonight. Nowhere. Ben and Queens, you're up next on the fan. Morning, Coach. Well, oh. close to morning. Hey, late, almost. Late, 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 late. Close to the hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we spoke last week, I said uh, Game Three. I told all in New York, I went, it's not the loss that hurts. The loss hurts, you know, it's that Steven Stamkos is now awake. And folks were like, oh, it's just Steven Stamkos. He's getting close to it. It's going to be watch tonight's game and see what Steven Stamkos did. Because the Rangers had problems carrying the puck already. But an energized Stamkos, he's on the four check. He was laying back in game one and two. He wasn't getting involved in the four check. We were able to get the puck out of the zone at least a little bit more. Mm. Now with Stamkos heading there, the, the Lightning felt no fear. We can rush these guys. Yeah. We can rush them. We can rush. We are not going to let them get it out of their zone. We're going to rush them. Yep. Every time they touch the puck, we're rushing them. Yep. That forecheck they had. And again, this is just the difference with having a, a Stamkos whose head is in the game. <laughs> Stamkos can go for long periods just drifting along on the ice, nice and quiet. <laughs> and that's okay. Like a shark. Don't wake him up. Yeah. Game three, we woke him up. And I told you, and I went like, it's not the loss. 
It's Stamco's head is now in this series. Yeah. If Stamco's head is now in the series, everything is much, much harder. Yep. That's why we had to win that game four. We couldn't do it. Okay, so now you got game five. You have to take game five. You didn't take game five. And now here's game six of their, their turf. And you come out the first two periods with only 13 shots on goal. Yeah, brutal. Guys, brutal. Which, which team here was playing for their lives? If I told somebody that a t- one of these teams was playing for their lives and one of these teams is up 3-2, and I showed you the game, you would think that the Lightning yep. were the ones that were playing for their lives. Yep. Unacceptable. Yeah. And this is why I told you you needed the couch ready. Because I'm going to bring up a name, and folks are going to look at me crazy and say, oh, but he's done so much during, yeah, the last three games. They haven't seen him. Hey, Filipino, we, we're ripping Panarin. We're ripping Kreider. Hito, I don't think you had a shot this game. And without Kako in, in the lineup. Yeah. Okay? And they brought the kid Hunt in. And they put him on the fourth and moved Goodrill up. Okay, I can understand that, right? But Hedo, you don't have Kako there. You have to take the control of that line. You're the point man for that line now. And you, you didn't show up. So yeah. the Banajak <laughs> and 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 I'll leave on this before I bust uh, bust the bloody blood vessel. <laughs> look, look. It's two minutes left, two minutes, 120 seconds that you got left in your season. You can't just take the puck on the side of the board and wait 10 seconds yeah. to, to let it go. Yep. You have to barrage the net. Yep. I could rip Igor for those two goals because he had to save those, but if I'm going to rip him for that, that my offense, where was your urgency? All yeah, right, t- there was none because I said we began this game the first two periods with only 13 shots yep. on net with our lives on the line. Yep. Ben, awesome way to put that. It's, it's like it, it, the Rangers were timid two games in a row to shoot the puck. They came out flat in a game that, like you said, was playing for their lives and, and, and just completely flat. And, and by the way, while Ben was talking, I did see on Twitter that Gerard Gallant was, in fact, asked about the decision to scratch Capo Caco for the game tonight. And uh, Connor's got it queued up. Here's what he said. What insight can you give us into the some of the lineup changes you made and then Caco? I'm not going to talk about it. Caco, any reason? I'm not going to talk about it, Vince. Not today's not the time right now for me. Uh, I think that's a ridiculous answer. I think that's a ridiculous answer. I, if you're Gerard Gallant, you have to answer that question. You made a coaching decision, and you're not going to own up to it after the game? It's a fair question. It was asked in the right manner. Gallant, what are you thinking, man? Whose decision was it? Was it yours? Did it come from above? Can you, can you give a little bit of insight? To bench a guy like Capo Caco. That's an unacceptable answer if you're asking me. Unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. 
877-337-6666 in the order that you call them. Danielle McCartan, of course. Ari in West Orange, New Jersey. You're up next. Hi, how you doing? Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Of course, thanks for making um, it. Yeah, you know, disappointed Ranger fan. Uh, I'm not going to use the word devastating. I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I agree. You know, when you get this far, you want to close it out and everything. But, uh, yeah, I was really worried with the game four loss because that, you know, they needed to split those two games in Tampa. You cannot, in any kind of series, keep counting on the whole night to get you wins, which is what the Rangers were basically doing uh, the entire postseason. And I had, I had a bad feeling with the game four loss that, you know, the whole night was going to come back and hit them, and, and obviously it did. And in that game five, Tampa played exactly. Uh-oh. You know, defense with low low shot attempts, mm-hmm. um, and and really just doing a great job. And and I think Tampa deserves a lot of credit. They clearly showed why they are the two time defending champion. Yep. Um, you know, and look, and there's no question, down to nothing. Uh, they heard a lot of chatter. Everyone was talking about how the rain was over. The Rangers were ready to take the next step. And mm-hmm. I th- I do think there was some motivation for in Tampa Bay hearing all that talk. And, and yes, it didn't show early in the game three, uh, and, and correctly, that, that was also the game where the Rangers had, had the opportunity up to nothing in a power play. Yep. Uh, but, you know, just, just on the whole, and, and I know I'm trying to give a little bit of positive spin here, uh, it, it, to me, it, it, it was a solid run. If you had said before the postseason started that the Rangers were going to get to game six and lose to the defending champion on their home ice, you know, I think every Ranger fan would have honestly signed up for that. i, I got to be perfectly honest with that. Well, Ari, there you are putting the positive spin on it. And and maybe maybe it's, I don't know, if you're a Ranger fan, then it might be too soon. But Ari is putting the, the positive spin on the fact that, of course, if you, if you told the Ranger fan prior to the season or even midway through the season that they were going to get this far, like he said, like Ari just said, you probably would have signed up for it. But now that you're here, though, you are this close to making it happen. Oh, it's so frustrating. To Craig in Hoboken, you're up next on the fan. Yeah, hey, uh, thanks for taking the call. So I ended up missing the game as I was out at a concert at Forest Hills tonight. Uh, We ended up having a beautiful night, so that was was a good thing. But uh, obviously the game was a bad thing. But, uh, you know, here's a fun fact. The Forest Hills Stadium used to be the home venue of the U.S. Open Tennis Championship. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, and it was 1977 was the final year in which it hosted the tennis championship event. So that was pretty cool. Well, there's the fun fact for the night there, Craig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I ended up missing the game, but mm-hmm. I just heard your little replay here of of the question that the reporter asked of, of the uh, head coach mm-hmm. of the Rangers. And, and like you said, that was a completely valid question. And and it was obviously very appropriate at the moment as well. Yeah. You gotta, as you as a head coach or a manager, you you have to expect that you're going to be questioned right. on some key decisions during the post game presser. Exactly. I mean, that's, just, that's part of the job. If you can't answer that, yeah. then obviously you're lacking a very fundamental aspect of handling the job. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, really, what I wanted to know is, I missed the game, so I wanted to hear from your perspective. Mm-hmm. What were the, the like maybe the top two key moments that decided the game tonight? Uh, Craig, thanks for the call there. Okay, so I would say number one, and Otani just hit a home run, by the way, a two-run home run 
the Angels, ju- like just now, the Angels took a 5-0 five, five lead over the Mets, 388-foot bomb. Uh, two things. Uh, I would say um, the, I mean, Vitrano had scored, the, the Vitrano scored, tied the score at 1-1. And if you're a Ranger, you're thinking, like, you're riding high. You're like, yes, we finally scored on this guy, Vasilevsky. Finally, he's got a .14 goals against average in, in elimination games, you know. Yes, you're flying high. You're like, they can do this. They need one more goal with whatever it was, six minutes to go or something. Like, yeah, they could do it. And 21 seconds later, all hope was gone. I mean, that that was the biggest thing. I was I was telling Connor, I was turning on to Hudson Street and and I heard it on the radio, and I believe it was cop. I mean, the, the announcers on the radio made it sound like it was real close. I didn't see it. I'm more of a visual person anyway. But apparently, cop had a really good shot um, at, at at you know putting one in the back of the net uh, late in the third period as well. Um, again, and the flurry of activity that happened. I wish I can call it a flurry of activity that happened right at the end of that 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 the game, the last couple minutes of the game. Once they pulled Shesterkin, I mean, it was like hesitancy after hesitancy, and like, all right, uh, uh, I don't have it perfectly lined up. Let me pass it. Uh, Zibanejad, I'm talking about. I mean, put the puck on the net, hope for Kreider to get a rebound, and and, and there you go, you're back in business. So uh, that to me, I think was was it. And you know, going back to the point about Gallant, I know I have to take a break here, but going back to the point about Gallant. Um, I have a lot of friends in Vegas, a lot of it's a lot of contacts in sports media in Las Vegas, and I kind of posed the question to them like, "Hey, why would you get rid of this this guy? I mean, he you know he's a good coach." And one of my contacts told me, "Well, you know he could be quite gruff with the media. He's probably not going to be uh, he's not probably not going to be fit, fitting in too well in New York." And I was like, "Ah, well, ah, New York, we're New Yorkers, we can handle it." But that response. Uh, by by Gerard Gallant, the non-response by Gerard Gallant after making a coaching decision to bench Capo Caco, a healthy Capo Caco in, in tonight's game, it uh, it bewilders me. That's a fair question. It needed to be asked, and you had hours, <laughs> hours to think of a response. You've got a few minutes to get aboard. 877-337-6666 because we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 3 a.m. on this Saturday night slash early Sunday morning here on The Fan in New York City. We go 7-7-7. Seven, seven, seven. No really breaks. I would have loved to get by tonight and had two days off. That would have been the first time. That would have been awesome, but it's the way it goes. You know, when you go 7-7, seven and seven, you get there's not much break, and guys don't get a chance to heal much. And so It made it tough, but uh, again, we battled hard. We competed hard. Did the best they could. Well, that's the voice of Gerard Gallant, head coach of the newly eliminated New York Rangers. I'm, I'm Daniel McCartan. I'm with you till 3 a.m. on this Saturday night, early Sunday morning on, uh, you know, the, the night that the Rangers have been eliminated from the postseason. And you know what? Not for nothing. But if you didn't want Game 7s and series back to back to back, you wanted some extra days off, well, you know, here's the small world's smallest violin playing for you, buddy. You win sooner. Then you can get some days off. Win sooner. I, it's, it's, not, it's not that hard. The formula is not that hard. That doesn't sound like complaining to you, does it? To me, that sounds a little bit complainy, actually. Uh, why mention it at all? Why mention that at all? You know, you have no explanation as to why Capo Caco was on a bench tonight. Uh, but but you can you can talk about how how you played all those games without a rest. 
Uh, something's not adding up there, Mr. Gallant. Something's not adding up to me. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. Hey, it's not like the Rangers didn't have opportunity in this series. They did. It's not like the Rangers weren't up 2-0 in this series because they were. So Rangers fans, I want you to weigh in. And of course, we'll we'll hit some Yankees tonight as well, which we haven't yet. I uh, came on at eleven. It's been fifty straight minutes of the Rangers, and um and 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 deservedly so. I've got my trumpet here, ready to play taps uh, soon for you. I'm starting to cut cut up some clips uh, from a couple of the Rangers. I got one from Jacob Truba to play for you. Kreider's going to begin in that montage as well. So stay tuned for me playing taps live here in the studio. All right, in the order that you called. Um, and you know what? Before we do that. I mean, it, it's obvious that the Rangers looked sluggish and stuff. It, it, it was obvious, but you can't blame it on that. If you if you wanted a rest, you should have won sooner in all those other series. Randy in Connecticut, you're up on the fan. All right, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to go back to Game Three. I, you know, everyone knows that's the turning point of the series. Yeah. Um, not much talk about it, but Jacob Truba. I mean, I feel he sabotaged the, the whole entire thing there, game. Randy. That two, those two penalties, he get, they scored power play goals on. Yep. And then when they they got the double minor late in the third period, and he takes another penalty. That's right. They had twenty seven yeah. seconds of of an advantage. The Rangers did at that time. Yeah, period. it would have been a short, a four minute minor. Yep. I mean, the guy stays off the ice the entire time. I mean. I just can't get past what he did in that game. Yep. I mean, I know it's a team game. A lot of people didn't step up like you've been saying. Where was Kreider? I mean, I used to go watch Kreider in Hartford play. You know, I've seen him play many years, but these guys, big money, and they're not showing up. Yep. Big money, big disappearing act there, Randy. That's for sure. I just wanted to get that off my chest, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, they – they did go a long ways, but as for saying, well, you know, they did good. Nah, it's a tough pill to swallow. That is, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> I've been you would watching say hockey it. for many, many years. Yeah, yeah, Randy, I feel like you'd say it if they lost in the first round, or maybe even in the second round. You know, you're like, you know what, they did good, they exceeded expectations. But when you are literally this close, you're like, ah, oh, man, the expectation has changed, hasn't it? No, well, you can't. You, I mean, when you get this far, you're looking at the finals. That's it. And there's there no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yep. This is this is just like you can't accept this this loss. Yep. I'm with you, so, Randy. I'm there with you. I just hope you know if they can improve as much next year as they did this year. Yeah. We should win it all, but time will tell. Yeah, and Randy, lots of changes, lots of changes between this time now and this time next year. Um, as I said in the open, they've got they've got a bunch of guys on that roster that may not be back next season. Like restricted free agents, Hedel Miller and Lafreniere. Unrestricted free agent Reeves. So, you know, that's one, two, three, four guys. That's four important guys. Hedel. I mean, Hedel might have been the, the star of the postseason in the playoffs, maybe. Frank in Brooklyn, you're up next on the fan. Hi, I just want to say uh Listen, tonight we came out flat, and that guy has a point that called before me. That game three was unacceptable. I mean, yep. Jacob Truba, I mean, momentum changer. Like, after getting that second goal, you have to stay out. You have to have your foot on the gas pedal. Like, anything you do, you do not go into the box. Like, that third goal is the series. Like, you get that third goal, that's the dagger. That's it, done. Yep. Series over. 
we're going to the final. Like, that is unacceptable. I'm sorry. I know it's a team game, and you got to say that's the way he plays and this and that. But, listen, that is unacceptable. You have to be smart than that. I mean, come on. Yep. Like, and another point that, that you said that Gallant is, uh, is uh, playing the violin because of the rest. Listen, he has a point there. Well, I mean, he does, but he, he does, but you don't, goes, but Frank, you don't say it in a press conference after you just got eliminated. It sounds like I an understand. excuse. It does, but listen, these NBA players, they get, they get three days off for the finals, like two, three days off. Yeah. You get, you get one day off and then you get, and then on top of that, they, these people, these people on ESPN, it's all about the money, obviously about the money, but it's not fair for these teams that make it this far. And Eastern Conference final game three should not be played at three o'clock. Let me tell you, should not be played at three o'clock. Okay. With one day off. It should not. Because why? Because the ESPN night game has to be NBA. Why? Because Sunday night baseball. No, it's unacceptable that that game was played at three o'clock. Unacceptable. That's a fair point there, Frank. I'm sorry? I said that's a fair point there, Frank. Yeah. Unacceptable. Like, why? Because Sunday Night Baseball comes ahead? No. No. It, it, you get another channel. You play on NSNBC like like every other year. You do not do that. Another point. Or even okay? switch it over to, like, ESPN2 or something. Yeah. Why? Because you have to you have to have Steph Curry, and then you have to have him on, on the prime time. Yeah. Are, you, are you kidding me? It's the Eastern. I understand. First round is an exception, but... Come on, Eastern Conference Final Game Three, pivotal game. You you play at three o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Another. No, point, I'm with you. Right. Yeah. This dump and chase game is not going to work versus defending two-time champions. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say, it's not going to work. Okay. It's not going to work. It's not going to work when Panarin has more completed passes to the opposing team. It's just not going to work. Okay. So at the end of the day, yes, great season, but listen, you they look they outplayed us no excuses they outplayed us they look like the two-time defending champions we showed fatigue because of the days off we showed this we showed that and listen they we needed those greedy guys like ryan mcdonald which we gave gave away for who for, for who yeah frank thanks for the call there I, I was just reading a tweet too that said the, the worst part about the this for Rangers fans, other than losing, this is from Donnelly underscore Steve, other than losing the game is you just ruined Kako's confidence and now the story all offseason will be about Kako. For all the positive from this run, this is one really big blemish. Yes, absolutely agreed. And to have a non-explanation from the head coach in the postgame makes no sense to me. All right, James and Patrick, we are up a little bit against the update here, James. Go ahead. All right, I'll go as quickly as I can. Yeah, then. we got about four, so three all, minutes or so. First of all, we can't say that this is going to ruin Kako's confidence. We don't know what was said to Kako. I'm a huge Ranger fan my whole life, and it's a long life. Let's get some perspective. This is a team that was expected maybe to finish eighth and squeak into the playoffs. They did a phenomenal job with a super young team. Now, I understand what you're saying about Gallant. You know, I don't think that was an excuse. He was pointing out a fact. You play 20 hockey games in 40 days. What is that? Like, if, if you were in the NFL, what is that? An NFL team playing seven games in a month? Well, James, the point that I'm... That is I, brutal... I, yes, I, I understand. Know. So win sooner, win sooner, yeah, but, win sooner. But where was well, that excuse any yeah, earlier? They, I'm, not, I'm not a Gerard Gallant press conference they, watcher, but that, did that come up any time sooner or just tonight after they got eliminated? So what should they have done? Well, what's he going to do? Start talking about that last... Uh, talk about it to his team. Hey, you guys are really tired. They are really tired. I've watched, I watched, however, what is it? Uh, 102 games this year. 
every game during the regular season and now 20 playoff games. These guys are doing, they are going all out. They are trying every bit that they, they can. I can see that Kreider is at quarters, a quarter to a half a step slow for him. And Zibanejad, half the players on the team. My God, Ryan Lindgren. Who knows what kind of injuries he's got? They're gonna we're gonna find out someday. Yes, uh, this, foot the yeah, this surgery, knee, meniscus tear. Every bit they could. Yes, they should have just gone four and zero, four and zero, four and zero. But they had to play other NHL teams. And again, this is a team that was expected to finish eighth, maybe. This is a bright future for this team. Yeah, a sure. bright future. Thanks, for and I would I would love to see Ranger fans actually embrace the fact that their team doesn't stink which they have for a long time, that they are on the upswing and they will be a force to be reckoned with. I love being a Ranger fan and this team. Well, James, thanks for some uh, some perspective there, which I think Rangers fans can get to uh, maybe tomorrow. But for right now, I, I think they all feel this, this thing, and you made great points. But to, to me, listening to that press conference, to me, that sounds like a big, fat excuse. Don't say it now. Of all, of all the times to mention it, and maybe he correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I don't watch every single Gerard Gallant press conference. I look at the clips. That's, that's what I can find online, the clips, not the full ones, like, like in other sports, with other teams. But, man, you're going you're to drop that now? I mean, the Rangers have been playing for how many games straight, you know, day on, day off, day on, day off, for how many weeks even? Just drop it tonight on a, on a night that they were eliminated? There's time for that. You could say that in time, but for tonight it just sounds like a big fat excuse. And you're right, you're right. They go all out every single night. That's why ho- playoff hockey, in particular, is the best, way better than playoff basketball. But it just sounds very excusey to me. Sorry, Kevin Dexter is sitting to my left here in the studio. We're gonna- Welcome in to McCartan now at midnight here on The Fan in New York City. Three more hours of me with you. We're about to have a changing of the guard behind the glass. Connor Green will be out momentarily. Sus will be in and taking your calls at 877-337-6666. On this night where the Rangers have been officially eliminated from playoff contention. It is over. Pack it in. It is over. Rangers fans. And before we get to more Rangers calls here, uh, there there is a Yankee one on the board. The Yankees handedly beat the Cubs in the Bronx today. It was it was like uh, the, the Bronx Bombers. It was a complete, complete home run derby going on in there. Judge, two home runs. Stanton, Torres, whoever else joined in the party. Everybody. It was, it was I think it was six home runs, I think. I think. Uh, but the final score, I think, was 8 nothing. So the Yankees totally blew out the Cubs after that very long, what was it, 13 inning game the night before. Uh, they made quick work of them uh, today. So let's go to Philip in Freeport. He's got a Yankee point. Go ahead, Philip. Oh, thank you so much. And by the way, I don't like the way the grass is at Yankee Stadium. They should change that. Um, what, what can I complain about? Like, what can I complain about? <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't like the way the lines are. Mm. I, I don't like Aaron Boone's hat. I mean, what can people possibly say? Well, I mean, Danielle, mm. if they're healthy, they're a monster. If, and how about... How about the uh, closer? I mean, Clay Holmes, 9 for 9, 0.39. Come on. Unstoppable. He, he will, there's no way 
you can put Chapman back in that No position. chance, he, right, he has None. There's a guy on your station long ago that said, Mike, you know what? Show me the big spot. I want to see the big spot. Chapman has failed in every big spot lately. Philip, I don't know how long you've been listening to my show, but since last year, when I talked to Matt Blake, since last summer, I, sh- I said that they should move Chapman out of that closer role. They should make him the setup man since last and summer. And you did say that, by the way. Yeah. Many times. Yes. And to think, this is how stupid sometimes the fans are. Wait a minute. Who talked about Clay Holmes if uh, Chapman gets hurt? 9 for 9, 0.39. Who ever mentioned that? This is why we're fans. You're great on the air. Thank you. But they bring this guy in and smokes them. I mean, he makes people look stupid. Like, where did he come from? I mean, (laughs) it's written. By the way, he's nasty. He's throwing that, uh, you know, cutter, by the way. Yes. And listen, real quick before you let me go, I hope you don't let me go. I like to talk to you for like five hours. (laughs) (laughs) But, but. The Rangers should have done forechecking through the roof. They should have pounded the goalie, taken a few uh, penalties. They should have been desperate. And my wife, I won't tell you what she's going through. She goes like this, Phil. Like, the, the, the Rangers look very lackadaisical. Like, uh-huh. they didn't come out really hot. Uh-huh. But switching back again before you let me go. If anyone complains about the Yankees to you, I want you to tell them to call me. We're going to put them in a home. They're going to get applesauce, you know, pudding. I mean, Jello. What, wait a minute, what else do you want them to do? And finally, by the way, finally, Brian Cashman did this. He got rid of Frazier. He got rid of Voight. He got rid of Sanchez. He got rid of Urshela. You know why? They were the strikeout brigade. Nah, not Urshela. Well, that, that's a fair point. They really have played. They never played this defense. So I was just about uh, to say, the so, defense has, so, has I mean, greatly it, it's improved. Uh, incredible. And by the way, having Stanton out there, uh, Judge, they can go to that wall. They can make dives. They're very uh, big guys. And last thing, Hal Steinbrenner should go like this. I don't care about my protocol, what I'm doing. I have the best player in in the American League, if not baseball. Mm-hmm. And my dad sat with Reggie Jackson in a hotel and said this, I will not leave unless you sign with me. And Reggie Jackson has to be one of the best Yankees ever. Who gets named Mr. October? What a great show, Danielle. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. Of course. Aaron Judge is, he is the best player in baseball. He is the AL MVP. To me, no questions asked. The guy is on pace to, to, to what, 61, 62 home runs this season? My God. Oh, I, it's amazing what he's doing. I'll tell you the one thing, though, Philip, the one thing I don't like, I don't like seeing Aaron Judge in center field every day. I'll tell you that much. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But for now, I'd like to refocus the focus here on the Rangers' loss. And thanks for that Yankees call. And we'll take more Yankees calls as well. 877-337-6666. Quick check-in with the Mets. Bottom of the sixth. They are still losing five zip out there in Anaheim to the Angels. And how sweet 
are those Angels uniforms. They, I, I don't know if you're watching that, and I can't tell because the lights are bright here, but I think they're cream-colored uniforms. Uh, they've got a really cool font on the word Angels across the chest, kind of like the California Angels sort of sort of look there. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Kevin in Long Island, you're up on the fam. Hey, I actually have uh, two points. Sure. And, uh, the first one is going back like the last 15 years, how many series have, have the Rangers won in less than six games? I feel like it's always going to game six or game seven, dating back to the, the whole Lundquist era. So yeah. I'd be curious to know, you know, if, if anybody knew that answer. And the second point was, mm-hmm. you know, what would have been better? Us winning the series and probably getting demolished by a juggernaut, well-rested Colorado team? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, would have been better for the, the guys to get experience even if we got swept, or is it better so we went out to the two-time defending champs? You know, we ran out of gas because of the first two series, you know, going deep and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I'm curious what your thoughts uh, is on that. I, let me ask, what do you think? Where would you have rather lost? I, so round one would have been devastating to lose to Penguins. Yeah. Round two, very evenly matched, mm-hmm. and but it would have stung with the D'Angelo and that kind of bad blood between Carolina and two young teams. So that would have also stung, but... The Tampa series, you know, it's an amazing team. We looked gassed. So I, it's a, it was a positive spin to me. We got good experience. We didn't get demoralized. Um, so it, if we would have went to the Cup and gotten destroyed by Colorado, I think it just would have been uh, demoralizing. Yeah, I like that word there, Kevin, demoralizing. And, 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 and we'll never know uh, what would have happened in that game. We'll never know. But there was a good chance that that was going to happen. It's going to be a really good series. I mean, some. High powered, you know, it's it's going to be a, a really good uh, Stanley Cup final series. Uh, but to answer the question, um, I would say I would prefer to lose in the way that they did tonight. You're, I'm with you on that. Well, first of all, you don't ever want to lose. That's that's the number one answer. But if you had to lose, um, I, I would want to. I would want to lose to the team that eventually wins. And I, and I think the Lightning have a really good ch- chance at winning. Uh, as far as the, you know, the historical, you know, how many games have gone to game six or seven, I don't know. I don't have a, a research department at my at my fingertips as I try to watch the Met game, take calls, and do all this. But if anybody does know that answer, you can tweet me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Happy to shout you out on the air if you can do the research and provide me with the screenshot just so we know, you know. Cite your sources, as I say, during the week in class. Uh, Anthony and Hoboken, you're, on, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle, how are you today? How's I'm, it going? I'm all right, Anthony. How are you? You're doing great. Hey, listen, I just want to chime in on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, first of all, I got to say, I'm from a neutral area. I'm not a Ranger fan. So, talking about this kind of might seem one way, but what do Ranger fans expect? Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I, they, they really pretty much overachieved this year. Uh, did they really think they were going to beat Tampa? Uh, they shouldn't have beaten Pittsburgh. They were down and they came back, which was probably a experience in itself. And well, they probably shouldn't have beaten Carolina. Well, Anthony, so, the mean, thing like, is, like you're up yeah. two games to none. You have an op- right. a golden opportunity in Game Three to go up three zip. That's when I yeah, believe the belief happened. You know? No, no, I get it. I I, I see that from this thing, but like I, again, so I'm like not a party, but they get like these. I mean, it's a warped sense of fantasy because, again, this was an overachieving club. So, and then the, the guy that's calling you that's complaining about starting at three o'clock. I mean, really, that that this is what we've come to right now. They're complaining about the start times of games. 
I mean, you, I, you, can, that, you can see it in a sense of like, all right, they, they, you know, it's a physical game. They're on short rest to begin with. You, you can kind of right. see it, kind of. Let me, but let me, but Tampa played at that time too, did they not? Right, I mean, they, right. I, but yeah. it, Anthony, so the point that like I, an excuse. But Anthony, that, the point, an Anthony, the point that I agreed with with him was okay. okay ESPN's got to get Seth Curry in the in the primetime slot, and that's why the game got bumped. Why not put it on at seven right. o'clock at night on ESPN too? Like I suggested. But no, no, no. But but, but my point is this: um, that's why they lost. I mean, they, 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 we're we're looking for excuses. We every time they lose a game, we look for excuses why they lose. This is like the whole point, but it's like my, 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 what I'm trying to say is how come somebody just can't step up and say Tampa is better. They're a better team. They've won two Stanley Cups for a reason. They've got better players. They have better talent. Everyone, I mean, the time of the game, uh, this to me is, uh, it's like coming up with reasons why they lost. I, and I don't see that, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's me, right? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, well, Anthony, thanks for the call there. And it's like, you know what? I think it, I just think there's just a slight level of frustration. I, I just think so. But listen, it is what it is. That's the schedule. You knew what the schedule was going to be. The Lightning are, like you said, playing on the same amount of hours of rest. I get it. I, it's all that. I get it. But I, I think the point the caller was trying to make is, well, why? And by the way, Mike Trout just hit his second run, home run of the night. Two-run home run makes it 8 nothing. 8 nothing Angels over the Mets right now in Anaheim. Um, I think what the caller was trying to point out was that, like, oh, because basketball trumps hockey. Playoff basketball trumps playoff hockey. And and maybe that was the point he was trying to make, and that's the point I agreed with, that, that no, I, I think ho- playoff hockey is way better than playoff basketball, postseason basketball. Absolutely. But, of course, Steph Curry's got to take the main stage and, and, and all that. So I'm pretty sure that's the point he was trying to make there. Let's go to uh, Robbie and Lennox. You're up next on The Fan. Hey, Daniel, thanks so much for taking my call. Yeah, um, thanks for first of all, thanks. First of all, I want to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they're an amazing organization, a great team. I'm numb right now. Obviously, the 22 seconds later, something the Rangers have unfortunately been doing all season, getting up goals after they've scored. It's a, I don't know if it's a lack of focus or concentration, but I just want to say something. I am so proud of this team, this organization. I mean, I've had a love affair with this team since I'm nine years old. You know, I grew up you know, less than an hour from the garden, going games my whole life, sitting in the blue sections. And it's just like, you know, I've, I've loved this team and I've always rooted hard for this team. And it's been really tough to see them lose. But you know what? Let me tell you something. The future is tremendously bright. I mean, I have to congratulate Chris Drury. He did a tremendous job putting this team together. Mm-hmm. And next year we get uh, some changes. Obviously, Ryan Strom, I don't think we'll be back. I know we need another center. We obviously need a scoring winger. I don't know the reason for the um, absence of Kako Kako. In well, this guess what? Game. Gallant couldn't okay. explain it either. So yeah, I know. Okay, so amazing. Yeah, obviously, I don't. The kid line was terrific. I don't know why they broke them up. Maybe Gerard Gallant can answer this after the after the season's over. But I mean, it, it, you know, Tampa Bay. This the reason the Rangers just ran out of gas. Let's be honest. Twenty games in four. It, there's no excuse. I'm not going to make excuses. Mika and Mika. I, I love Mika. He played his rear end off. And obviously, you know, they, they did run out of gas, but he's not going to make that excuse. But you know what, Danielle? I mean, when you look at the young core of this team and you look at the young goaltender, they have a championship goaltender. Hats off to Igor. He played his rear end off. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be prouder of the way the organization has come together. This is about sustained excellence. This is about continuous 
continued development of players. And the Rangers have so much now. They have cap space, and Chris Drury's a bright guy. So things are going in the right direction. I mean, I remember how the Rangers had sustained excellence for 10 years under John Tortorella, and then, I guess, uh, and also under Elaine Vigneault. So, you know, the Ryan McDonough's of the world, and those players are gone, but this is a new core of players. Yes, they need another defenseman. Yes, they need a scoring winger, and they could really use another center. But you know what? It's only the beginning. I'm really proud of the team, and I think people should go to White Plains to go to Westchester Airport and get and, and stand there and greet this team when they come home. I wish I could go and greet the team because I'm really proud of them. And and uh, it's uh, what else can I say? I mean, I could criticize. The one thing I will say is all year long I've been talking about the Ranger forecheck. It's hard to forecheck when you don't have good forecheckers, and the Rangers just don't have enough of them. I would re-sign Tyler Mott. I think he's a guy who could really help you put Sammy Blaze on one yeah. side, he on the other, and Barkley Goudreau in the middle. Now you get your checking line that can score goals. Um, matchups with Gallant, I would like to get your opinion on that. I'd also like to get your opinion on maybe changing lines a little bit too much. I don't know if, if what his reasoning for that. There wasn't a lot of great questions asked him in the press conference, so but um, it really killed me 22 seconds after they score. That's just oh, a tough thing to do. Brutal. But, you know, they just ran out of gas. The first couple of games, you could see Tampa finding the game in game two, Daniel. You could see at the end of the game, their forecheck is relentless. And the problem is when the Rangers dump it in, they can't chase and they cannot. They chase too much. Yep. But they can't work the puck in the corners. They need, you know, I'm thinking of this. It's kind of a funny analogy. I'm thinking of, you know, Tony Amante for Stefan Mateau and, and Brian Noonan back when the Rangers won in 1994. They need those gritty players that play below the goal line. They need guys like a John Tonelli, that type of a player. Yeah. They don't have enough of those. And that's what they need. They need some size and strength to go along with the scoring and the skill. I'd like to see Panarin go to the Zabatajan line. It's ridiculous to pay a guy $11 million, okay, to, to, to score 22 goals. Panarin has got, I don't know what it takes mentally for him, but he's got to be more of a goal scorer. Put him up in front with Zabatajan and go get yourself a second center, and then you get yourself a winger. Maybe maybe Malkin. Maybe Malkin wants to come to Pittsburgh because I know that obviously they're, they're either going to sign Malkin or they're, they're going to sign Latang, one or the other. Well, Robbie, maybe we could sign you up for GM of, of the Rangers. There, lots of good suggestions. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's too soon to start looking into all of that. Uh, I, I think right now we're, we're kind of into the uh, the the let's feel the loss sort of feeling. But I understand the logic and, and the want to to go ahead and try to, to 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 better this team right now. I mean, you're excited for next year. I get it, uh, Michael. Let's in the order that you called, of course. Michael and Tom's River. You are up next on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, just coming home from the game. What game? Um, I, from the Ranger game, we were up at the viewing party. They had a uh, uh, thing at the garden. So. Uh, oh, I'm like, wait, what? You were in Tampa? You're coming home now? You're driving uh, home now from Tampa? No, they had a nice thing at the garden. It was pretty cool to be at. Yeah, I saw the emails for it. I, I couldn't go, obviously. I, I, I almost I almost registered for the tickets, but I, I couldn't go, so I didn't. I didn't want to take no, it from anybody. No, <laughs> no, it was cool. No, it was uh, definitely worth it. I mean, it was uh, when they scored, man, that place went bananas anyway. You yeah. know? So it was, it was cool to be there. And and then what happened when twenty one seconds later? What happened? Oh, at first you thought he punched it in, you yeah. know, so you thought you had it back, and then yeah. you saw it again, and he bounced. That's bounces, though. I mean, that's a game, you know. So yep. that's what's difficult, you know. Yep. It was a, it, no, you know they reviewed it. It was a good goal. It was. Absolutely, I'm fine with it. You know, um, you, you really you're happy with you. Know, if you would have said at the beginning of the year we're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Final, yeah, you take that. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, you lose four in a row, but. You know, um, I could disagree with that last call. I, I thought Panarin had a great year. 70-something assists. He led the team in points. 
You, you know, yeah, uh, 97 points. But in the playoffs, had. I mean, he had a, a plus minus of like negative four, a minus four. Oh, in- absolutely. I think he's got an injury and that you'll find that out. Yeah, you know, we'll probably. see. We'll see. But but I'm happy with it. You, you know, I think you got a young team and, you know, we are who we, um, we wanted to be and you just got to grow. So I just wanted to, you know, put it out there that I'm happy with the season. I, I thought after the Pittsburgh series that I'm happy with anything that happens. Yeah, and Michael, and you're right. To put it in perspective, as we've been trying to do and callers have been trying to do all night, if, if you told the Rangers fan when this season started, even midway through the season, that this is as far as you were going to get, you know, you can't, you would have been like, yeah, okay, all right, sure. Of course, the Yankees had a big game today, and the Mets, uh, well, the Mets, it's the end of the sixth inning. They are still trailing by eight runs. They've only got four hits on the night. So kind of a dreary night out there in Anaheim. Um, and I'll keep you abreast on all of that. If you want, we could do a little bit of football too. Jets, Giants. Hey, the phone lines are open. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with you here on The Fan. After midnight here on the fan in New York City on a night where the New York Rangers have been sent home without the Stanley Cup, without the Eastern Conference final trophy. And then, you know what? It is, uh, it's one of those nights here on the fan. Uh, I've been on for about, no, exactly an hour and 25 minutes and 31 seconds. Every call except for one has been about the Rangers. Expectations of the Rangers. Were they met? Of course. Were they exceeded? Definitely. But being so close, the question boils down to, should the Rangers, who were never expected to go this far, be happy with how far they got? The ESPN ESPN announcer said that the Rangers should feel pride. Or is it more devastation because they were this close? They had opportunities in Game 3. I'm going with devastation, by the way. I don't know if you can tell. Game 3, turning point of the game. Obviously, we talked about it. I was on the air Sunday after it happened, right after it happened, right after that game, Jacob Truba taking those penalties in that game, the one of which being on the, the four-minute double minor on Kucherov. Kucherov's in the box for four minutes. Truba's like, oh, you know what? Hold my beer. Let me go join you in the box. And the Rangers only had 27 seconds of an advantage there. Then Thursday night, Ryan Strom couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Bra- a, 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 a wide open net. Would have put the Rangers up 2-1 to one late and changed the complexion of that entire game. So if you're a Ranger fan, you're like, yeah, pride, happiness, ahead of schedule, all that. But it's not like they didn't have up. Op- it's not like they weren't up two games to none with a real chance to be up three games to none, putting the defending champs two times in a row on the ropes. We'll go back to the calls because they are they are heavy tonight. 877-337-66 is, is the number. 6666. Uh, if you can't get aboard, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan as well. All right. In the order that you called, uh, we'll go Keith in Nanuet, Ross in Bergen County, and then Paul in Floral Park. Keith, you're up first. Go ahead. Yes, hi. Uh, I uh, just wanted to comment as a, as a Devils fan. Um, you know, the... The Rangers really, they hit a point there where, you know, Shesterkin got things figured out, and, you know, they really, they had me uh, doing the math there. You know, the mm-hmm. Rangers make another Stanley Cup appearance, you know, compared to how many we have, and, yep. you know, in the, in the 30 years that I've been watching. 
you know, it's uh, it's yeah, it's one of the those Rangers teams where uh, you know they're they're up there with uh, with the best of them now. So uh, you know, they they definitely have a lot to be proud of. And Keith, and, and doing it so young, weren't they the youngest team in the league? Average age. I mean, doing it so young, you got a point. You do. Ross in Bergen County, you are up next on the fan. Ross, where in Bergen County? That's my neck of the woods. Hey, Danielle. I'm in uh, Elmwood Park. Okay, okay. I uh, like the Pacific County border. Yep. The, uh, so what's going on? Yeah, this this is uh, this hurts tonight. Yep. But, uh, I mean, you just got to look at it from a bigger picture. Like a guy, I forgot who it was, a few calls ago brought it up. You know, no one really expected this team to go this far. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think, I can't speak for everyone, but. I think not a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs in the first place. And anyone that did saw us being like a wild card or me at, at best a three seed. Mm-hmm. And not only did we get home ice, not only did we win two rounds, we were a top, we were a top three team in the league when it was all said and done. Yeah. And I know we didn't get it all. We didn't win it all. But, you know, you were talking, uh, now this is going to look a lot different next year. You were bringing up the free agency, uh, add cop, Vetrano, Strom and Mott to that list. I mean, at, at all the RFAs that they're probably going to stay because I don't, I don't. I mean, they probably get offer. They probably get offer sheets. I don't think they uh, accept any of them. So I expect all of them to stay. But as far as the UFAs go, this team's going to look a lot different this year. Well, as far as so the UFAs be- for for next year, the, just the unrestricted free agents. It's it's just Ryan Reeves. The other ones are restricted free agents. No, Cop, uh, Toronto, Mott, and Strom are all UFAs too. Uh, Strom, double check that. Everyone they got at the deadline and, and plus Strom. Strom, Strom, Strom. I'm looking at this list. I'm not, were... I'm not seeing any of them on here. All right, but I'll take your word for it. I'm not seeing any of them on here. Why is that? I got to find a new site. I'm on Spot Track. I love that what website. Is it Spot Track? Yeah, I love that site. They're usually reliable, too. I know. Oh, wait. Is it maybe they didn't update the team? So maybe like Cops or Winnipeg oh, and everything. Oh, that could be it. Let me search for a player. Yeah, Cop. Like, Let's see. You're probably right. Because uh, like, they're definitely Cop. UFAs. Yep, let me check this out. You're right. Let's just get this right so everybody doesn't call up. Yep, you're right. It didn't update the team. You're right. All right. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah, so it's going to it's gonna be interesting this yep. year. Yeah, a few it's... weeks from now, free agency starts. But all in all, as far as this year goes, you, you couldn't ask for a lot more. Yeah, you're I right about the, that, Ross. The expectations changed as you went, but hey, it's yes. still a successful season. Well, that was the thing there, Ross. It was a dynamic expectation because you started with one expectation, and then they started winning, and you know they were probably expected to win that first round, like the other caller said, evenly matched in the second round, and all of a sudden they had the, the defending champs on the ropes, and it's a dynamic expectation level because you're like, wait a second, this could really happen. I mean, talk about doing the math. Last weekend, I was sitting in the same exact seat, and I'm like doing the math. I'm like, well, they are six wins away from hoisting the Stanley Cup trophy. When you put it in that way, it, it you know what I mean? It, it looks a lot, it feels a lot closer than I guess what it was. Paul in Floral Park, you're up on the fan. How are you, Danielle? I'm good. Paul, the Islander fan, I'm curious to see yes. how you're going to weigh in tonight. Oh, the, the, the Rangers, they went, they went half-cock with fish and finishing the job. Yeah. They didn't finish. Yep. Oh, my <laughs> God. And the, 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 the fluttering uh, the little tidbit things and, you know, with the um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Strom and the fluttering on his shot. With the wide open net, and oh my God, and taking these, these stupid penalties. I know. Oh, 
Yeah, tell the referee to take your slash and penalty, go stick it where the sun doesn't shine, <laughs> and damn you. So, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I God, uh, got to win four games, not two to win in series. I I hope Colorado goes out and beats the pants uh, off of uh, Tampa. Well, I hope they go. Um, yeah, that, I'm sick of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. I know. They beat your team twice, and then the Rangers side. I think all New Yorkers yeah. are sick of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. It yep. was a nice try, but, but, but yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I got it, Paul. And you know yeah. what? I'm sick of my cousin, too, because he's texting me. As I'm doing the live show, my cousin that lives in Tampa, someone's been quiet this past week or so. I said, I'm on the radio right now. He goes, oh, nice. You're still quiet, SMH. That's the best you got? I'm like, I, Danny, I am literally on the radio right now. I cannot have a whole conversation with you right now. I don't know what party doesn't get. I don't know what party doesn't get. Let's go to Andrew in Franklin Lakes. Andrew, you're on the fan. Hey, Coach. How are you? I'm good. Do I do I know you? Uh, I don't know. No, but okay. I just wanted to say I was, I was surprised by Shesterkin. I thought he was really great in the beginning of the series, and the next thing you know, you know, he, he just kind of, like, lost it. Well, at, at which point, though? Well, I feel after they were up 2-0, right? 2 right. nothing, and then next thing you know, and they just came back, and, and I feel like he just kind of lost his confidence. That's my feeling. I don't know, because you look at the games they lost, I mean, three goals, and one of them was an open net in the next game, so technically three there, three there. I mean, you, you, like, like, like in baseball, you can't win games if you can't score runs, and when the Rangers are putting up 2-1-1 one, one, and then one tonight, I mean, it puts the goalie in a hard spot. It, it does, it does. But I, I, you know, I'm proud of him. But I feel like that, you know, he, he just kind of lost it at the end. I, that's, that's the way I, I, I don't know. I just feel like he could have done more. That's how I feel. I, I don't know, Andrew. I, you're, you're looking at you're, if you're looking at like, all right, where could this team have done more? It's definitely in the offensive zone. I mean. How do you score one goal, one goal, one goal, two goals? I mean, come on. The first game you scored six. The second game you scored three. And that's more than you scored in the rest of the games combined. Even just in that first game. Yeah, but Zabanajad could have done more too, though, I feel. He, he kind of like he, he, he disappeared. Well, Zabanajad, I think, mostly carried that team there, Andrew. Uh, throughout that, I mean, he had a, he had a game, he had a goal, and it was like seven or eight straight games in the in the postseason in the playoffs. Who really disappeared though? My vote goes to Chris Kreider. I mean, where was he tonight? The guy scored fifty, tied for NHL second in NHL of uh, of of goals scored in in games against the, against the wall, basically. Right? I can't. I don't know how to phrase it right now. But he had he has fifteen of them. Where was he tonight? Gone. Disappeared. Mike in New Hyde Park. You're up next on the fan. Hey there. How's it going? All right, Mike. How are you? Good. Good. You know this. Future is bright, ahead of schedule, nonsense bothers me. It makes me livid. Two examples. Let me take you back to 2017. New York Yankees lose to the Astros in the ALCS, and everybody's, oh, you know, the future is bright, ahead of schedule, the baby bombers. Guess what? We're in 2022, and they haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. Another example, Atlanta Falcons, 28-3 over the Patriots. Right, and then they blow it. But people, oh, Matt Ryan will be back. They got great receivers. They'll be back there. Guess what? Coaches get fired. People get hurt. Bounce. You know, the ball doesn't bounce your way. Puck doesn't bounce your way. 
uh, you know, I, I think this is devastating, and this ahead of schedule, you know, they may not make the playoffs for 10 years. You don't know what's going to happen. People yeah. get hurt. People get traded. Free agency. You know, the, the puck doesn't bounce your way. I just any t- anybody's going to ca- call here and say they're ahead of schedule and the future is bright. Nothing is guaranteed, and that just really bothers me. Yeah, and then you look at the, the the number of guys that could be potentially out the door next season, and and that you know is kind of the logic behind that. You know, like oh, we'll get him next year. I, I don't agree with that either. I, oh, we'll get him next year. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen next year. Somebody might get hurt next year, and then the season's gone. You know, yeah. you've got to strike while well, the Irons thought they were up two nothing in the series yep. and two nothing on Sunday. Damn close and, to being three. Was, yep. Right, you got to strike while the iron is hot, and the future is bright. Uh, thing. Just think of those two examples for anybody else that tries to bring that up. Yep. Have a wonderful night. Yeah, Mike, thanks for the call there. And let's go to Nelson in Queens there next because I think he's about to make the same point. Nelson, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm a Yankee fan, and I just want to say I'm having a great night tonight. I was at the <laughs> game with my buddy. Oh, awesome. And Good game to while be we're at. Waiting on, yeah, while we're waiting online, I'm like, you know what we should do, guys? Let's just get $20 going, uh, you know, one of these sporting apps and put uh, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, and Yankees money line. You know, just for fun and giggles. And as you know, it hit. So How we much did you win? Oh, uh, we won eight hundred dollars each, so like twenty dollars. What? Well, yeah, good. So when, Congratulations. When Rizzo, yeah, when Rizzo hit the home run, we were all just you know screaming more than everybody else, <laughs> and they're like, "Come on, it's a blow up!" And we're like, "Nah, man." We no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, Nelson. Yeah, so, um, but I, you know, I can feel um, the pain of the Rangers fan. And uh, I, do you think this team reminds you of the 2017 Yankees? Well, the caller bit? before you just brought that up. And you know what? Kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, well, if that's the case, I feel like they shouldn't really be disappointed as much because as time will tell, I think that this year for the Yankees is the real deal. Well, so five, five years are, later. Yeah, five years later, but, you know, some teams never make it here in a lot of years, so, you know, we'll see. Well, Nelson is Mr. Optimistic today there, Nelson. The Yankees win, you hit your bet, and, uh, you know, let's you're painting an optimistic picture for the Rangers in the future. Yeah, you know, that's the best you can do. But I feel for all the Rangers fans out there, and let's go, Yankees. Thanks for taking my phone. <laughs> let's do it. Thanks, uh, Nelson, for making it. All right, let's go to John calling from Chicago. John from Chicago. You're up on the fan. What do you say, Danielle? Hope all is well with you. Uh, Likewise. I was, I was telling the screener, uh, the trouble with this team is you just can't keep getting outshot. I mean, it's this, you see the coaching, the style of play, or, or, or the, you know, the players that they have. But uh, like I was telling him, the most telling stat all year long was the fact that they won 31 games where they were outshot. Now, you might look at him from one end saying that, okay, that just shows the, the greatness of Shesterkin, mm-hmm. but what it shows is, is that you're spending too much time chasing the other team or dumping it out of your defensive zone. I mean, it's just, you know, you just got to get more pucks on net. I yeah. mean, I don't know if it's the style of play or it's the players that they have. Well, it's almost like it's like they're, they're waiting for the, the, the perfect scenario to just yeah, shoot the like puck. I, it's like I was telling him, they, they play hockey – like like a basketball team, like the Princeton style offense, you know, like yeah. like throw it around, yep. throw it down low, and and the trouble is, you know, you don't have Jabbar down there for a sky hook. You know, <laughs> you're not going to get a tip in. Yeah, 
like you do in basketball. Yeah. You know, they just got to get more pucks through. I don't know if it's the players that they have or it's this or it's their style of play. Like what do you think it is? I don't know. It's it's thanks John for the call. It, it might it might be a lot of just just hesitation. It's just wanting to be too perfect. And you know, I, I sometimes watch the the Lightning throw the pucks at the net from you know from the blue line almost at times, and they go in. So I, I watched the Benajad tonight with like whatever thirty seconds left. He, he didn't have it perfectly on his stick, so he passed it just to get it passed right back to him. I mean, it's just the element of surprise is just gone. So uh, I, I don't know. It's just I guess it's just trying to be too perfect. I mean, put the put the puck on the net. Get the second chance points. Get the second chance rebound, and, and see what happens. Ultimately, that's 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 my my biggest qualm, I guess you could say. Um, the Mets are now down nine to one. The way that they scored was on a Mark Canna single, where JD Davis scored. So there you go. The Mets are in the bottom of the seventh, looking bleak out there in, in California. But you know what? You know what, Yankee fans, let's get it rolling here. I've got uh, you know the Yankees had the best record in baseball, and the New York Yankees have everyone around here thinking the word or the phrase World Series. You know, what is the one thing that you think would hold the Yankees back from winning a World Series? Because you know, regular season baseball is very different than postseason baseball. What is that one thing? I'm Danielle McCartan. I got some ideas, and I'd love to hear yours at 877 337 6666. Carton after midnight here on The Fan in New York City, the Yankees radio network. And, you know, as I'm running today, I ran two miles, by the way. Got to start somewhere, right? But as I'm running, uh, I'm thinking about, you know, what can we talk about on the radio tonight? And boom, then it hit me. You know, the Yankees obviously have, you know, by now have the best record in baseball. So just like Pike's Peak, you know, Pike's Peaker bus, you know, that whole saying, well, for the Yankees, it's obviously, and you heard it on the on the pregame on Fox, a national broadcast, it's basically win a World Series or bust for this 2022 Yankees team. So what would you peg as maybe the biggest reason or, or the most concerning reason why they would not win a World Series? What could potentially hold the Yankees back from winning a World Series? I'm Daniel McCartan, and let me hear your thoughts at 877-337-6666. For me, there are three potential aspects of this. Number one, the ace, Garrett Cole, in game one of a series. I mean, there's a chance that he could be dominant, like he was just two starts ago, flirting with the perfect game into the seventh inning against the Tigers. Wouldn't that be wonderful for the Yankees? But there's also a chance that he can get bullied, chased, just like he did in his last start against the Twins. The guy, Garrett Cole, gave up five home runs. Three of them were on a back-to-back-to-back combination punch with literally the first three batters of the game. I mean, how awful is that for any pitcher? Never mind your ace who's collecting a $36 million paycheck this season. Enough with the inconsistency. So channeling uh, Eminem here in the Real Slim Shady with a real Garrett Cole, please stand up. So that, I think, could hold the Yankees back. Garrett Cole in a Game 1 situation. Two, the misuse of Aaron Judge. 
I know it's hard to see with the Yankees winning so much, but A, the misuse of Aaron Judge in the field. Just because he can play center field, it doesn't mean that he should. He is not a prototypical center fielder. There is a wear and tear to that position that his body cannot stand up to long term. I said it last week. I'll ring the bell again this week. I mean, were you watching on Friday night when he laid out to catch that ball hit to his right? Were you holding your breath when he made that horizontal dive to catch that ball with a 40% catch probability? I know I was holding my breath. And and B, in the batting order, I cannot look at another Yankees lineup that has Aaron Judge's name listed at the number two spot. Never mind on nights like just this past game that, that ended a few hours ago that, that his name was next to a number one. Aaron Judge, a leadoff? The guy leads the league in home runs, and it's not even close. Off his 24 home runs, 18 of them, 75% of Aaron Judge's home runs are solo home runs. To me, that doesn't make any sense. Why waste the greatest asset of your best power hitter? And three, there was just a graphic shown on the on the SNY broadcast. I wish I was able to get a screenshot of it, but basically they were... The point of the graphic was to show that the the World Series winners over the past couple years were at the top of the league with runners in scoring position. Over the last five or six years or so, I wish I had that uh, saved. But, you know, runners in scoring position for the Yankees could potentially be a problem. Going into to, to the game that ended just an hour and a half ago, you know, the Yankees leave 3.36 runners in scoring position per game. And as far as the standings in the entire league, that's 18th. And the company that the Yankees are in with that, if you look to the, like the two teams above them in the standings, in, in that particular standing, runners left in scoring position per game, you look above them two teams, it's the Royals and the Braves, and then you look below them two teams, it's the Rockies and the Phillies. So they are sandwiched in between a group of not great company. Now, I'm not trying to nitpick the Yankees. But I was just running today, and I'm like, all right, what could potentially hold this team back? This juggernaut of a team, what could hold them back? I'd say Garrett Cole in a game one, the, just the inconsistency of him. Two, the misuse of Aaron Judge. And three, not getting some clutch hits with runners in scoring position. And the number of runners left on base per game. So give me a call with your thoughts. 877-337-6666 is the number. I'm Danielle McCartan, and this is in the order that you called. We go to the South Yonkers to Butch. You're up on the fan, Butch. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I, just, I just hope the Yankees can keep this going, and then when they get into the playoffs, their bats don't uh, freeze up. You, yep. know, that, you know, that's what happens with them. They don't hit when they get in the playoffs, you know. Yeah, and that's another concern. It's it's like like the Yankees live and die by the home run, you know, more so than really any other team. And if they get into the postseason, are they going to go silent? Because we've seen it happen in the past, Butch. Good point. And you run into a strong pitcher, man. He can make them look real bad, you know. They say, right. they just can't do nothing. And then it's like a virus. The whole team catches it. Right. No, nobody hits. But I feel, I feel a little sorry for the uh, Ranger fans, man. They, they had him there. They had a shot, man. But... Like you said, man, if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So, hey, next year, you can't count on next year. You know, like you said, never know what's happening. But they're a young team. If they can stay together, I think they'll be back in the playoffs. You, know? you would think, Butch, and yeah. thanks for the call. They're a young core. If they stay together, they probably will be back next year. But you know what? You don't know that for sure. Frank in Stamford, Connecticut, you're up on the fan. 
Well, Danielle, I agree with everything you're saying. When, I, when you said that before, I, I made the call immediately on. Yeah. Uh, I think everything you're saying is correct, but here's the other thing. You got players like Hicks and Gallo mm -hmm. who really don't do much. I know they come around a little bit. You have to – perfect example the other night. They had a guy on second with nobody out with the ghost runners three times. Four times. Did you yes. see anybody bunt the guy to third with one out? Oh, no. Oh, Frank, I am oh, so happy that you brought this up. Did none you? of them. Aaron Hicks. Yes. Two and one. He didn't. He, I don't want to hear his good at batting line. You had four opportunities yeah. to bunt the guy over. Yeah. And they didn't do it. Hey, Now, Frank, I think that comes back. Why don't they do it? Frank. Why don't they even try it? I got a question for you and for anybody listening, because I put a poll yeah. up as soon as it happened. Aaron Hicks. With the ghost runner on second, my question to you now, Frank, is did he ignore or did he just miss the bunt sign? Well, Bottom of the like 11th, runner on first and second, no outs. Right. Well, it looked like he missed the sign. I think the coach he ignored came it. and talked him. Then he took ball one, ball two, almost on the same pitch. So it's two and one. Why don't you bunt? He swings and hits a line drive to third. Yep. So I think, because when you look at, look, they're 43 and 16. Phenomenal. I really don't want to see them win 116 games like Seattle did and lose in the first round. Yeah, I'll yeah. be honest with you. Uh -huh. I want to see them lose a few games, believe it or not. I'm a mm -hmm. Yankee fan. But they, if you're going to have players like Hicks and Gallo, you got to make them bunt in certain situations yes. because they don't make good outs. Yeah, especially and, and a guy that hits going into that game at 132, I think it was, with runners in scoring position, and you don't put him yes. in a position to get on base and move the run, at least be a productive out. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. And they did it. They did it four times. Yeah. They had to go, and they needed Trevino to get a base hit yep. with two out. Why didn't they pitch hit for him? How got you in the ninth and the 11th? You waited for the 13th? Yeah. You had almost just Listen, I they, they they don't make good outs. And I think because even though they have 42 and 16, if they play the Astros, the Astros make good outs. Mm -hmm. Toronto makes good outs. I mean, even though their record is much better than them, but when you put that in a seven-game series, they're really not that much better. They're gonna, I, I know that now I think where they get them with their starting pitching, yes. And but is their starting pitching is this sustainable the whole year for these guys to do this? I really think they should be a little more fundamentally sound and utilize these guys that don't hit that bunting situation. Yeah, bunt them. Yep. Make a good out. I'm going to hang up and yep. I want to hear you throw it and you get home safe. Yeah, thanks, Frank. I appreciate that. Um, I will do my best. Uh, but. I am so happy that you brought that up because that is something I had in my notes that I definitely wanted to hit. And I, I didn't know how we were going to do it. But Aaron Hicks in that situation, I put up a poll immediately because the thought occurred to me immediately. A guy in that situation, it was bottom of the 11th, runner on first and second and no outs. Everybody's expecting the bunt. Everybody watching that game is expecting him to bunt the ball. Now, did he ignore the bunt sign or did he miss the bunt sign because you saw Rojas run down there and, and clue him in and fill him in? But either way, he ends up lining out to third base, which was an absolutely uh, like, unproductive out, didn't move a single runner at all, and now there's one out. For a guy who hits 132, I think it was, with score runners in scoring position at the time, probably less now, who knows, a guy who, who pretty much bats 
might still be exactly zero in clutch situations. Why is he swinging the bat and not laying down a bunt in that situation? So again, did he ignore it or did he miss it? To me, I think he ignored it. Because either way, it's not good, right? You're ignoring your coach and a director from the bench, right? Or you missed it. You're a Major League Baseball player and you're missing a bunt sign? And, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't Rojas go and talk to him twice during that at-bat? I could be wrong on that, but it was definitely once. Stop the game to do it. Two. That was a great point there, Frank. I'm so happy we were able to talk about that. Nick in Brooklyn, you're up next on The Fan. Hey, Danielle. What's up, Nick? Um, listen, you hit it right on the head with the Yankees. Uh, one, with Garrett Cole. I think that he will fizzle out. In the playoffs, um, if you look at his past performance, he does not show confidence. And I think the Yankees right now with these wins, it's a little bit more fluff because if you look at um, the, the guy, Frank, from a great point, Aaron Hicks missing that bunt. Yep. Um, runners in scoring positions, they are atrocious. Yep. So it's almost like, you know, the Yankees put up these numbers during the regular season, and then when it comes to the playoffs, it's the pitching, it's the, the hitting. They just, it just seems like they fall apart. So is it really that where this year, if this team does not win a World Series, should Brian Cash do a complete overhaul of the team? Is this something where you think that they will last and you know this young roster will be the future of the Yankees? I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, my thought, just as you were talking, was that the pitching has been better than it has you know, in the past. I mean, look at those. Th- besides, Garrett, take care of Cole out of it. Listen, I said it last year, too. I don't know if you how long you've been listening to my show, but I said it last year. I would put Nestor Cortez in to pitch game one of any playoff series. Any postseason series, Cortez is my guy. And then after that, then maybe I go to Cole. But overall, the pitching staff has, has, has drastically improved. So I'm wondering if that kind of counterbalances the fact that, that this Yankees lineup at times, at times, you know, looks anemic at times. And we haven't seen it much so far. But again, this isn't the postseason just yet, as you pointed out. Can you tweet Brian Cashman and tell him that what you just said? Because that is a great idea. I don't He's know. Been listening to you. Hey, listen. Do you have a phone number to them? I, do, I don't. What? I'm just t- seeing if he has Twitter. Did you, <laughs> do you, <laughs> You're just bringing up great points, Daniel. That's all I have to say. Listen, I, uh, Nick, that, that's so what awesome. I'm here for. Awesome. <laughs> Thank <So> you. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Hey, that's what I'm here for. I, I, I think things through. I, I'm a logical person. I, <laughs> that's it. I think we can squeeze one more in here. Let's go to Jeff in Brantford, Connecticut. You're up on the fan. Hi, this is Jeff from Branford. I've been a Yankees fan many years. I've been watching the Yankees. Obviously, none of us trust Cole. No. And I would also put Cortez as pitching first. Yes. Our defense is sort of holding up. And guys like you who are coming through, like Gonzalez and... Um, and Trevino. Yeah, and Tre- yeah, exactly. They're doing a real good job. But our number one problem is we got to hit with men on base. Mm-hmm. we got to move guys over. What we should be doing is bunting, stealing bases like Lou Pinella used to do. Like the then Mets are currently doing. And we get several more runs a game. Mm-hmm. And we could intimidate teams like Houston that are expecting us to choke and fall back into the pattern when they beat us a couple of times. Mm-hmm. we got to watch Houston 
we should be able to get to Toronto and Tampa Bay because, and of course, the Red Sox went into the tank early. And I think what we should be doing, like you've been saying, and I've been listening to the last callers, is we got to do just what you said. And I don't think Boone's much of a manager, but we have to carry him this year. And he should stop brown-nosing everybody and start saying, you know, when a guy's terrible like Chapman, just don't just take him off the team like they did. Yeah, and this guy, Luizager, is underrated. I've seen him pitch. Yeah. And I think... He'd be the best guy not to close, but to use in at least the eighth or not the seventh or eighth innings. I think he's one of the best relievers in the league, Yeah, and I'd use him more. Yeah, well, well, Loisig is injured, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is, but when he comes back, Boone's not going to rush him back. No, of course. You know, he he doesn't realize how good he is, and he's always praising the other guys that aren't as good as him. Uh, I don't know, Jeff. I think the Yankees have a really strong bullpen, and and I just tweeted to somebody, too. Someone sent me an Aroldis Chapman gif. Aroldis Chapman is not the closer when he comes back. Uh, Let's everybody get that memo. The guy is a setup man. Clay Holmes, it is his job to lose. Kevin Dexter is here with the... Carton after midnight here on the fan in New York City. Well, you you don't have to call me on my cell phone. You can call us on the studio phone. 877-337-6666. Sus is behind a glass taking your calls. We're rolling until 3 a.m. on this early, early Sunday morning or late Saturday night, whatever it is. Maybe you're still watching the Mets. As you know, as you just heard, they are down big. Um, The Yankees had a big win today. And the Rangers are officially eliminated. Uh, so I just wanted to hit this real quick. Uh, Derek Jeter, old man Derek Jeter, finally has given in, joined social media. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you now follow him. I hope that he is as fun as Tampa Tom is, Tom Brady, that is. Uh, I was follower on Twitter. I think it was in the 21,000s. Last check, he's at like 356,000 on Twitter, 265,000 on Instagram. I mean, wow, that was fast. Uh, but I, I would want just Derek to reflect upon the concept of had he had social media during any portion of his career, player to executive, how would it have, I don't know, influenced him and, and his decisions? And, you know, I would just also like to, to get an inside look at Derek Jeter, who was and who still really is very private. Uh, I, I talked to, and I just I just kind of went in my thoughts and I thought of, that because I talked with Doc Gooden in a suite at City Field on, oh, I don't even know, a couple years ago, four years ago, maybe I did an interview with him. And it was for, it was a, a Mint Pros suite game. Check them out. They put on great events at City Field, Yankee Stadium. Not an ad, but they deserve the shout out. They do a great job. Mintpros.com. And I'm talking to Doc Gooden and I asked him how his career might have been different had social media been around. And he said, and you could see the whole interview. I'll try to remember to tweet it on the next break. But if you just Google probably McCartan Gooden, it'll come up. But just wait for a commercial. We'll do it, please. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that's Facebook. You know, Facebook makes it so difficult to respond to, to messages, by the way. So if you've messaged me there, I'm very sorry. I don't see them right away. But Doc Gooden, and that's probably someone responding to my, my comments on here. It's not <laughs> – a lot of my friends are sleeping at 104 in the morning. But, you know, anyway, so getting back to Doc Gooden – he said, and you can see the whole video interview, and, I'll, and you know, he said, 
when I asked him that question, how would your career have been different had social media been around? And he said, first with a smile, and he said, this is a direct quote, he said, in a way, I'm glad they didn't have social media in the 80s. And he laughed, and I laughed. And he said, on the other hand, I think it would have, I, I think I would have made better decisions. And for me, I, I'm not, you know, it's kind of poignant from a guy who had and some real struggles. So, I don't know. Do you think that social media helps or hurts a player while they're actively playing? And I think it helps. Um, Doc Gooden just told you he probably would have been on better behavior. Uh, everybody's got a camera phone nowadays, right? I, I just think it gives fans another inside look at the person, not just a player. As I watch Mike Trout on TV, it's you know you saw, you saw the video of him with his son smashing home runs in their living room. Like you know, that's kind of cool. It gives fans just a direct avenue to communicate with those players, and you know. And again, like Gooden said, like everybody has camera phones nowadays. So, and not only that, but those are connected to the internet and can be uploaded in a in a split second. So, I think athletes are more likely to be on their quote unquote best behavior. So, you know, congrats to Derek Jeter for finally making the plunge onto social media. But, um, you know, I would just like to ask him a few follow up questions. I mean, I guess that's kind of my job, right? My thing. But I don't know. Pretty cool. So if you, if you didn't know, now you do. Derek Cheater's on Instagram and on Twitter. All right, uh, back to the calls we go. 877-337-6666 in the order that you call. This has been great tonight, everybody. Let's keep it going. Let's go, Kevin in Camden. You are up in the first in the 1 a.m. hour, Kevin. What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, it's been a you know, pretty long day. Uh, I didn't mind going on my trip, so ah. home didn't do much. Was uh, it because of the weather? Uh, yeah, I think was, my nephew was running a lot in New York, and we wouldn't be able to do much. So I was like, "All right, cool." So yeah, I was like, pick I was a better day. Much. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure one of these days I'll get to go there. But nah, just talking about the um, the Rangers. This is just it, it was it was brutal. I mean, you, you could you could you know you could talk about you know what a run it was, but you know it was brutal. I have to say this: the turning point for me was. Not this game because they look. They just look. I mean, they look like the last game too. But when Strom, he had that wide open shot. I think I forget what period it was, but it was a wide open shot yes. and he passed it. Yeah, I was like that. That they lost the game there. Yeah, because if he would have scored that, he could have scored that, and you never know what would have happened if they scored that. Right, goal. And, and that goes Kevin all into the whole thing again. It's like they're trying to be too perfect. Just put it in the net on the net and see what happens. I, I, I completely agree. And I have to say, the kid line. Why didn't they play more minutes? You see what you. I, I mean, I maybe it's maybe load management. I'm not sure, but they should have played more minutes than what they did the last couple of games. Well, and then you got Capocaco sitting on the bench tonight, yeah, and the coach with no explanation bad, after the game. I mean, well, come on. I, I completely agree. I mean, it, but and and you could and I don't know. I don't think Strom should be back because I just he just he looks like a guy that yeah he's been a good Ranger, but for me. Maybe the team scenery is the best one. I just, I, I just, ha- I haven't seen enough to warrant bringing him back. I, I, just, I saw somebody tweeted a, a montage of all of the wide open goals that that Ryan Strom has missed. Uh, I don't even know in his career. I don't even know. And guess what? It was like three minutes long. Well, no, it, it's. It, I'm just saying that's what I. I mean, that's for me. I'm not sure what's going to happen now. But this was a, this was a missed opportunity, and yep. and I hate it when people on Twitter they're like, oh, I, you know. How do you are you holding up good? Like I, I don't don't like don't you know I know people don't like the Rangers, but don't rub it in after right after you lose. Don't 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 tweet me and say oh I feel I'm genuinely sad for you guys. 
you know, you're just, you guys are like rubbing it in. There's a lot of non-Ranger fans, and they just love rubbing it in when they lose. But um, real quick about the Mets. Yeah. They've been, lately, they're in the skid. And because you're looking at the Braves, and you're looking at the Phillies, they just can't lose. Mm. I mean, you're, you're getting rid of Girardi. I mean, what the heck would have thought that would have been the spark? <laughs> right. Because I'm telling you, I mean, my goodness. It's like every time I'm saying the score, it's the Braves winning by double digits, the Phillies winning by, and now the Mets lead is only, well, it's going to be five and a half after tonight. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's because, I mean, the hitting by pitches don't help with Marte and Alonzo, but I mean, the pitching's starting to falter a little bit. The the hitting is just, the last couple of nights, well, minus last night, the hitting hasn't been there, and the catching is, you know, basically non-existent. You know, minus so I, I just there's, there's a lot of issues now propping up, and as a Mets fan, I mean I'm a little concerned because five and a half games could easily be erased within a week or two if they can play like this. Well, spoiler alert there, Kevin. The Braves have played uh, a very very easy schedule, so it's kind of yeah. just the ebbs and the flows of the season. The, the Mets are going to be all right. The biggest yeah, problem I, I have, I hope so. With the Mets is is the bullpen. I mean, the, the Mets have a couple injuries to that bullpen, and that is something that I would look to shore up uh, come trade deadline for sure. Absolutely. And real quick about, I want to bring this up to the Yankees. I, I have to say I was wrong about Judge because I, I thought him not taking the contract was a risk. He's proving me wrong. He's <laughs> yep. mashing at a rate that I've never, I haven't seen since his rookie season in seventeen. And you have to take him out of number two, and he can't be legal. Bat him first. Bat him clean up. That's what you you got to get people to protect him. You can't bat him first or second. Yeah. You have to get Judge in the in the batting third or better yet, clean up. Get some protection for him because you got that. You got Rizzo that can hit. I, I, I mean, you got guys that can yeah. protect him. Kevin, seventy five percent of his home runs are solo home runs. That, I mean, that drives, me, that drives me nuts. Me too. I, because you you he's a guy. You need guys on base. Because a solo home run does nothing for the pitcher. Yeah. A solo home run is like, okay, yeah. I give him a solo. I go right back out there. Yep. When you give up with home runs with guys on base, that rattles the pitcher a little bit. And that changes and that, and the... get them off the ropes. And for yeah. me, a solo home runs are, are rally killers. Because you could, you could have a great run, and then all of a sudden solo, a solo home run, and that could be the inning. So for me, solo home runs are always, to me, yeah, and Kevin, and thanks for the call there. And, and you're looking at Aaron Judge in that one or two hole. I mean, I can't keep watching that. I really can't keep watching that. I would drop him down to third. That's where I would put him. And someone asked me last week, because I'm going to keep ringing the bell on this and ringing the bell. Someone's like, oh, well, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> who would you put ahead of him? I was like, I don't know. Take your pick of guys that get on base often. I don't know, like a DJ LeMahieu or like an Isaiah Kiner-Falefa or, you know, any, any guy that can get on base or a Glaber Torres. And and even steal some bases would be nice. So uh, that's what I would do. And then, boom, it, it, it changes the complexion of a game. A solo home run versus a, a two-run home run even, or even a three-run home run. Changes the complexion of a game. 75% of Aaron Judge's home runs are solo shots. I can't keep watching that. Jared in Brooklyn. You're up on the fan, Jared. Hey, how are you? Um, I just wanted to talk about how before the uh, break you mentioned... Um, that I don't trust Garrett Cole in, in game one? Yeah. Yeah. I think before you put Cole in, you have four other pitchers. I put all four of them in before him right now. Uh, I, I don't know if I, Who Name him. Nestor Cortez, I'd trust. Severino, I would Nestor trust. Nestor Cortez, I'm putting in against him. I'm putting Tyone this year over him also. Tyone's yeah. been having an incredible year. Yeah. Severino's also been very good. 
and Monty recently has been looking up, all of them 1.96, 2.70, 2.73, 2.80. Then you have Garrett Cole with a 3.63 ERA. Yeah. He's just the odd man out. Yep. The one thing that kind of sticks out to me about Montgomery, though, and, and I don't know what it is about him. I mean, my fans have seen it for years with, with the Grom, but there's, for whatever reason, except for the game that we're tonight where they scored so many runs, but they don't get a lot of run support when Montgomery's on the mound. I don't know if I'm superstitious or whatever, but I like your idea of going, uh, I would go Cortez, Severino, Tyone, yeah, in a short series, yep. I, don't I mean, trust I Cole. just don't see how. You, yeah, I don't trust Cole. Also, he's got the worst ERA. He's been the worst this year. All of the other pitchers have been incredible. You can't play him in at game one at I, like the first. Can you imagine he gets shellacked in game one and then what? And then what? It, yeah, yeah. Eats the bullpen alive, right? In game one, and then you then you're really in trouble at that point. Yeah, I, I'm you, not doing it. Hell no. You lose the series. Then. Yep. And you have better pitchers. Cortez is in the running for Cy Young as of right now. No, he was voted by MLB.com as the front runner, which I talked as about front- last week. They must have been listening to the show. He is my front runner for, for AL Cy Young. That's for sure. Yeah, he's the front runner currently for AL Cy Young. Tyone's been having an incredible year. Sevy's been having an incredible year. Monty's been having an incredible year. Cole's just not up there. I don't see how you can put him up there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jared. The inconsistency is astounding. Two starts ago, the guy's flirting with a perfect game into the seventh inning. Just just the last uh, start that he had, he gives, gives up five home runs. I think he was gone in, in I think it was two and a third inning. And, and, and of those five home runs, back to back to back to the first three batters of the game. Imagine that's now a game one of a short series. You're in the hole three nothing. Three runs to zero before you can even step to bat. And not to mention the fact that he didn't go far into the game. They had to use how many pitchers after him? That sets you up in a real bad position for the rest of the series. No. Garrett Cole, as of right now, today, now June, what is it, 12th? Garrett Cole's not my number one starter in a short series or even a series, period. Garrett Cole's also not my number two starter either. As of right now, today. In the order that you called David in Newark, New Jersey, you're up next on the fan. Hey, so I was also going to say that I want to go Cortez and then Severino, but my biggest fear, and we saw Boone do this a handful of times, especially in 2019, mm-hmm. is that Yankee starter gives up a couple of runs early, doesn't even get a chance to settle down, yep. and Boone pulls him and starts going high leverage guys and totally burns out the bullpen yep. and overexposes them to a team that's going to see them in somewhere between four and seven games. Exactly. So, was that not Tanaka I, I, in that Astro series? I mean, really, the guy was cruising. Uh, he removes him, and he blew, he blew the series. You're right. Yeah, you know, they, 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 did it, they did it with Paxton, too, and you got, you know, you got Chad Green going two-plus innings. So yeah. I, I don't want to see Michael King come in in, in the third inning because Boone forgets that these guys can hit, they can score in a number of ways, mm-hmm. and to have some trust in the offense right. and to have some trust that the starter can settle down and still go his five, six, seven innings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I remember A-Rod even made a great point when they're talking about third time through the order. Yeah. Well, he also, he also counted the number of times that these relievers are getting seen. So then the, the relievers are essentially going three or more times through the order because he's putting them in so quick. Yep. I agree with you, David. I totally and completely agree with you. Great point there. Excellent point. 
the overexposure of a bullpen. And, and I know we are projecting. We are projecting really far into the future. I mean, it's not even summertime yet, technically, right? And we're talking about the fall already. But as I was running uh, today, I was like, all right, what can we talk about tonight? I mean, the Yankees are cruising, but what could potentially hold them back? And a lot of the same things that have held them back in the past are now coming up again tonight. Uh, Matt in Manhattan, you're up on the fan. Yeah, hey, um, first I just wanted to mention, for, as far as Judge is concerned, um, do we think there's a chance that if he has an MVP season that he, that he plays himself out of New York? I think, no, I think he plays himself out of the Bronx and into Queens, really, is what I think. Well, yeah, that, that, that actually would be a very logical um, uh, destination for him. Um, but yep. I, I don't know if you're aware, in the entire history of free agency, uh, which I guess goes back around 50 years, possibly more, there's only been one player ever who won an MVP for the team that he started with who left in his contract season after, if he won the MVP in the contract season and left. Hmm. That was Barry Bonds. Hmm. No one else ever done that. So, hopefully, Judge wins the MVP, and to me, hopefully, he doesn't leave. But as far as the Yankees go with this year, um, I look to me. To me, honestly, the me- the measure of how good a team is is what they do in the regular season. Anybody, anything could happen in the postseason. So, if we're we're talking about how the Yankees could lose, they could lose in ways they've lost before. They could lose in new ways. Um, Odds makers project them right now as like 30% to win the World Series. So no matter how good they do, the odds are against them doing it if you if you look at it against the field. Mm. So I hope the Yankees buck the odds and win the World Series. But yeah, they, the odds are still against it. <laughs> hmm. You're right about that. I'm trying to look up. I love the, the website. Uh, Matt, where'd you get that from, what, that 30%? Oh, that was from 538. Ah, I was just, I guessed the website I just pulled up, 538, but it came up 2021. Oh, I love that website. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I'm trying, oh, predictions here. Okay, so to win the World Series, uh, the Yankees are in fact at, actually, it's 19% now. The oh, Dodgers. 19. Sorry, I had it wrong. Maybe no, that okay. was for the uh, pennant or something. Yeah, the Dodgers are first. They have the best percentage at 20%. The Yankees are second with 19%, and there's a very okay. steep drop-off with the Astros at 9%. Yeah, so, I mean, look, as fans, we look at a team, like, baseball's just not like the other sports. The dominant basketball team usually wins. The dominant football team usually wins. No matter how dominant you are in baseball, the biggest limiting factor is a short series against another good team. Yep. I mean, we we see the best teams lose two out of three to teams like the Orioles and the Tigers all the time in the regular season, and nobody seems to bat an eye to that. But when the playoff starts, it's like this this horrible, awful thing that – you know, somehow, like, you know, it's always going to be Aaron Boone or management screwed something up because they lost a game, uh, a series to another good team. I mean, it happens. It really, it, uh, it happens. Yeah. And Matt, good point there. It does. It happens. And you're right. There's, uh, you know, the, the, when you look at it from a regular season perspective, you're like, oh, well, you know, we lost, uh, you know, two of four to the Orioles. Ah, we'll get them next time. But, but when you, in the perspective of a postseason, eh, it's pretty big. As I check in on the Mets game here, it is the top of the ninth. Uh, Mark Canna's up. There's a runner on first with two outs. Uh, and uh, the Mets are one, sh- oh, no, I'm sorry, one out away, two strikes away, one out away from, from losing this game 11-2 to two out there in Anaheim. And um, you know what? As it turns out, <laughs> Clint Frazier is not the only former New York wimp. I mean, speaking of the Mets and the Angels, Noah Syndergaard, might take the cake for 2022's wimp of the season. Now, this week, this past week, and, and, and looking at 538 and the projections, the Mets 
have a 91% chance to make the playoffs, a 62% chance to win the division, and a 7% chance to win the World Series. Now, I heard a lot this week of, and Kevin even said it before, Kevin from Camden, you know, a lot of panic. A lot of Mets fans started channeling their inner Paul Revere this week, like, the Braves are coming! The Braves are coming! Are you really threatened by the Braves? I'm Danielle McCartan, and let's talk about the two wimps, Frazier, Syndergaard, and if the Braves are a legitimate threat to the New York Mets, up next, here on The Fit. Here on the fan in New York City, Sus and I were just talking about how we do not like that rejoin. Even the hosts need a break. Oh, the callers are what makes this show go, of course. Not just give me a break. It's not like you guys just run with it. I don't know if I like that one. That's okay. I'm not being critical here. Hey, if you're a fan of the show, you know what's up here. Uh, As the... uh, the Angels and the Mets are, are proving that they have a pulse, but it's a little bit too late here. They've got first and second with two outs and Lindor up at the plate. And he, he wow, he just uh, hit one against the shift, really, and uh, scores Nito. And the Mets are set up with first and third in the top of the ninth. The score is 11-3, though, so not a lot of hope for the Mets at this point in time. Not a ton. So, first of all, this game, no, I guess, uh, I guess it's Sunday's game, L- later today. Sunday's game was supposed to be Noah Syndergaard versus old team, the New York Mets. Not because inter- Phil Nevin said, Phil Nevin, Yankee fans know him well, he said that, quote, they just want to give Syndergaard extra rest. He's pitching on Tuesday at Dodger Stadium, end quote. Wow. So the guy is not hurt. He's actually afraid of... Getting shellacked. That's got to be what it is. So it turns out that Clint Frazier wasn't the only one that couldn't handle New York. And 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 by the way, what is all the panic all week about the Braves making a potential run on the New York Mets? All week, all I heard was, ooh, here come the Braves. Watch out. Here come the Braves. Wow, who just hit that home run? That was a three-run home run. Who hit that? I looked down for one second. I looked down for one second. The Mets are in. It's 11-6 to six now out there. Who just hit that home run? Oh, no. I can't see it. I can't see his face on TV. All right. And now they're changing the picture. I'll get back to you on that. But somebody just hit a three-run home run for the Mets. It's 11-6. to six. Uh, and the Mets are down to their, their, their last out. But here we go. But what was all the panic this week about the Braves? Let me tell you something. This game of baseball is about managing the ebbs and flows of a long season. And let me tell you something else. The Braves have played bottom-feeding teams for the past six series because they've had, and in this order, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Pirates, the A's, and you talk about, uh, uh, you know, strength of schedules and all that. 
And look at the, the teams that I just listed that the Braves have played over their past six series. None of those teams are above 500. Not one of them. And and that home run, number 26, Khalil Lee, puts the Mets within five runs of the uh, of the of the Angels. Still two outs though. We'll see what happens. They've uh they've come back from a lot this season so far this Mets team. They are never down and out for the count. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll continue to. But if you look at the Braves, why is everybody so worried about the Braves? They've had a soft schedule. Of course they're supposed to win those games. None of those teams are above 500. And the last six series for the Mets, oh, well, ho-hum. You know, the Giants, the Phillies, all right, the Nationals are below 500. The Dodgers, the Pirates, now the Angels. You tell me which is a better line of opponents. Obviously the Mets. So stop with this sensationalism, the sky's falling-ism. The Mets are just fine. They show you every series why they are the better team. With McGill now back, DeGrom and Scherzer soon, they're only going to get better. And as we are exemplifying here tonight, as I watch this live, this Mets team is never down and out. Never. So we'll go to the calls again at 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till uh, till 3 a.m. We've got 90 minutes left. 90 minutes to play with, everybody. All right, in the order that you called, on a night where the Rangers had been eliminated from playoff contention uh, at the hands of the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending, you know, Stanley Cup defending Tampa Bay Lightning, on a day, well, I guess it was yesterday now, where the Yankees beat up in a home run derby style on, on the Chicago Cubs, the Mets, I don't know. Now they're actually down to their last strike. And that is game. Strike three, caught looking. Mets have lost two of the Angels, 11 to 6. All right, back to the calls 877 337 Pat in Stanford, Connecticut, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle, thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for making it, Pat. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I just was amazed tonight at the lack of any really acknowledgement of the Rangers game. You know, like I don't even expect. I, I don't. I could have missed it, but I didn't see like a, a flash of a score. It was just like very bizarre to Pat, me. Pat, what are you talking about? I, I, I mean, I was with my six and my eight year old, so people asked me about the Ranger game, and I pulled it up, you know, and gave people updates. But I didn't see anybody like listening to it, like on headphone. I don't know. It's like uh, I, said, I, I think the idea. listeners are just as confused as I am about what the heck you're trying to say here, Pat. No, it was at the Yankee game. So oh. in Pittsburgh, if there was a Pirates game and Crosby was trying to close out the Rangers, there'd be, like, updates. And I realize it's a different market, but still, you know, like, the Yankees don't, I don't know. I guess they don't have to, or I don't know. So you're I mean, complaining about being at a Yankee game and not— I'm not complaining about it. I'm just observing it, you know, because people said— I had like a bet on uh, who would score the first goal, right? So mm-hmm. I had a little bit of an interest, but I'm not a Ranger fan, and I'm with my daughters, and people were asking me, "Oh, do you have a score of the hockey game?" And it's like you don't—you have a phone right there, <laughs> you can't—you don't know how to pull it up. You know, I don't know. So it's just interesting. You're upset with the Yankees for not flashing scores on the board. I'm not upset. I'm just observing it. You're like, observing. I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's because the Yankees are don't want to acknowledge like anybody else in the market because they at 27 world championships, like don't feel the need to update people, but it would have just, and they, it's also, 
I guess, yeah, I was just observing it from a, a Midwestern perspective, growing up in a different market. Hmm. Um, but then also I observed on the way in, it, I was just noting that the, the last billboard you see for the Yankees on the way to Yankee Stadium from coming in on 87th South is still amazing. And I like just associate amazing with the Mets. You know, like, I don't know. What did the billboard say? It just says still amazing, and it's Yankee Stadium. Oh. And it's like, yeah, it is still amazing, <laughs> you know? But, like, the Mets are the amazing Mets. Why can't you just say, like, they could have just said still. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess there, Pat. I, I, I guess. Uh, you know what, though? I, I, I do like when the... You know, how do I say it? When there's another, like, New York team playing, I do like when they update the scoreboard and, and you know, show the goal or something like that. I, I do enjoy that. Um, so you, you do have a little bit of a point there, but it was a very roundabout way of making that point because you left out the part where you were actually at the Yankee game. I thought he was saying about my show how we haven't acknowledged a Ranger game. I was going to be like, dude, we talked. I, my first uh, 90 minutes, 90-plus minutes of this show were straight Ranger calls. And we could continue with them for the rest of the night, that's for sure. Let's go to uh, Milford, Connecticut. Tim, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for making it. And I was listening to the fan to Pat's point uh, previously. I, I was out tonight, didn't have a chance to watch the Yankees game, didn't mm-hmm. see the Rangers. So I put on the fan on the way home, and I heard the sport callers prior to the second uh, commercial break we just had. And one of the callers was, Ragging on Boone for being a brown noser. Yeah, other, I, I didn't get caller, that comment. Yeah. I know, I know. I, it, the other caller is uh, getting on Hicks about missing the bunt, so he missed the bunt. No, One I, of the guys is, I'm, I'm getting yeah. on Hicks because I think he he ignored the bunt sign. That's why I get on him. Yeah, you can't, you can't miss things like that as a professional baseball player. I right? agree with that. Exactly. And then uh, another, another caller is saying that, uh, you know, you actually bought this point, too. You said Garrett Cole is going to go down maybe as a first gamer. It's a big risk. And then somebody's talking about how it's actually the bought the runs in scoring positions is we're 18th in the league. And yeah, I said that, and too. Then, yeah, then, then another caller is talking about the bullpen and the Wiseka and how Boone's not bringing them in. And, All right, and so then, the point then we get, being then we, then we go to commercial break. We go to commercial break, right? The two commercial – we go to sports flash before break. So I figured the Yankees got blown out. I, f- I figured they got shut down, you know. I figured Boone made a terrible call and blew the game. And all of a sudden, the flash comes on. Rangers lose. I'm sad about that. Two to one. They're out. Good run for the Rangers. Yankees win. Eight nothing. Mm-hmm. What? Yankees won eight to nothing? <laughs> what were these other four callers calling with, uh, with these wet so rags? The question, you know, that, the question that I had posed was that the Yankees are obviously flying high. Best record in baseball. You probably missed yeah. the question. And the question was, now, I'm, 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 I'm outside running today. I'm like, what can we talk about today? What could happen yeah, to the Yankees in the postseason? Yeah. Right. So, so what could happen to the Yankees in the postseason? Because they are flying so high. What are the deficiencies of this team? That, that's what that was about. I, I heard that. But, you know, it's, it's June 11th. It's not October 11th. And, we, you know, I, I was saying to your, pre, your, your screener there, Let's let's celebrate today. Let's celebrate the Yankees so far this season. You know, this is one of the best seasons they've had since I don't know 1998. It was the of 1998 again. Sure. I that season, 125 wins, went all the way through the playoffs, 11 and 0. And uh, you yes, know, I'm not but saying Tim, it's 1998 again, but come Tim, on, guys. You have, it's, Tim, it's you have no concerns freaking... about Garrett Cole starting a game one. 
there's always, there's always, there's never going to be a shortage of any concerns. There's always going to be a wall of worry to climb, Danielle. Well, that's, I'm that's just what saying, we're talking I'm about. I'm just saying, let's celebrate today. Let's celebrate now. Hey, I let's mean, celebrate now, on, these, beating up on the these Cubs. Guys, these guys would, you know, if it was a 75 degree sunny day and it was blue skies with white puffy clouds, they would complain that it's too bright outside or something. I mean, come on, let's let's have a little fun. Let's have a little celebration here. Let's give them a, let's give them a little credit so far year to date. Not talk about them losing in the playoffs in October, you know, five months away. I just that's the only point I make. I'm a dire Yankees fan. And, All right, uh, Tim, let, let's let's do go ahead and do that and, and celebrate today. All right, Dan and Tom's River, you're up next on the fan. Go ahead. Yeah, I I I Daniel, thanks for taking my call. Of course, First time, Dan. long time. Sorry, I'm a little bit of a horse. Thank you. Go ahead. I want to make two points, and I want to hear your opinion on it about sure. the Yankees. Number one is, if Judge wants a ten-year, four hundred twenty million dollar deal after this year, would you give it to him? That's number one. Secondly, is Trevor Rogers and Miami Marlins, the starting pitcher, is not having such a great season, but has shown to be a good starter in the big leagues. What do you think the Yankees would consider making the trade for such a player? Uh, okay, Dan. There's a lot of noise in the background, so I'm going to let you go there. Uh, first question: Judge, ten years, four hundred twenty million. If I'm the Yankees, I'm not offering it. Uh, that is just definitely uh, just too, too much. Not that it's too much money, it's just too long, in other words. Um, if they weren't going to offer it to him this year, they're certainly not going to offer 10 years on top of that to him again. So 10 years, too long, 420, 425, eh, he might play, have played himself into that dollar amount. And as far as uh, starting pitching help for the New York Yankees, as of right now, and I know a lot of things have changed, uh, or could change, in terms of injuries and all that, it's very rare that you go through uh, an entire season without an injury to a starting pitcher. Uh, right now, I think the Yankees are, are are good to go on that front there. Uh, let's go to Bob in Bayside. You're up next on the fan here, Bob. Danielle, I truly believe you threw that thing out about the Mets have nothing to worry about, just to be provocative. No! With one, with one, with 100 games left, and you have a five-and-a-half game lead, are you serious? They have nothing to worry about? DeGrom hasn't been healthy in two years. Scherz is 37 years old. The Braves are the defending World Series champion. And five and a half games and 100 games left is absolutely nothing. Bob, they have the fluffiest schedule over the past six series, first of all. Uh, Scherzer's coming back, and he was great before he went out. DeGrom, we'll see what he's going to be. The Mets are, are a balanced offensive team as I've ever seen them. They know how to score runs. Tonight they just didn't, but they know how to score runs. And no, I, I don't say things to be provocative there, Bob. I don't know if you I know you listen to the show. I know you call. I don't say things to be provocative. I say things that I believe in. And if I'm a Mets fan, I am not worried about the Braves over the past, whatever, 10 days. I'm not. Well, the Mets play those same weak teams. It all equals out. And let me say one thing. But wait, but wait, yeah, Bob, know, let me just interject and say that that's the ebbs and the flows of the season that I was talking about. Uh, by the way, as far as Judge is concerned, there's not a chance in the world the Yankees are going to let this kid go. Not a chance. Uh, okay? They've always had a signature ball player for the last hundred years. Ruth, Gehrig, Mattingly, Joe D., Mickey. This is their signature player. They're not going to let him go. Well, then why didn't they offer him a, a contract that, it, that, he thought, that they thought he was going to sign for this season? Okay, they played hardball, but now they're going to see the error of their race. There's, there's not a chance that they will allow a, 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 an outburst from the fans who want this kid here. Mm-hmm. The, the Yankees have the money. They have just as much money as Steve Cohn has, and they're not going to let Judge go. All right, well, Bob, I hope, I hope that you're right. 
I do. I, I hope you're right. I, ho- I hope. Oh, sorry about that. I thought you were done there. Uh, I hope that Aaron Judge is a Yankee for a long time coming. He is obviously, uh, should he sign on the dotted line, should they come to an agreement, he's obviously the next Yankee captain. That I think that is quite obvious. And, you know, I was wrong about one thing here on this radio station. And, I mean, maybe I could still be right, could, but I doubt we're ever going to actually find out. Clint Frazier. Will he ever turn into the baseball player that the Yankees had us all fooled into thinking he would be? Well, I'm Daniel McCartan. Let's talk about the clown show that is Clint Frazier coming up next here on The Fan. Can I get a what, what? (laughs) Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. As the Mets box score flashes on the screen, Angels defeat the Mets 11-6. to The Mets are 39-22 and on the season. Uh, it was just a game without a lot of hope until two outs into the ninth inning, and you're like, well, maybe they can make a comeback, but it was just, just too much for them. And, uh, you know, Clint Frazier, the gift that keeps on giving. Clint Frazier, when he first came on the scene and everyone around here was lambasting him. I tried to sit here and be the voice of reason that said, you know what? Hey, he hasn't been given much consistency on this team. They're jerking him around. They're not giving a real shot. It's impossible to thrive in those conditions. And of course, the injuries on top of all that didn't help. Actually, still to this day, Clint Clint Frazier's Twitter bio says, quote, Scranton Rail Riders forever, end quote. (laughs) So I present to you August 3rd, 2016, a Brian Cashman quote. Cashman said, Frazier has an electric bat. His bat speed is already legendary. He's got all the tools. He can run. He can hit. He can hit with power. And he can play all three outfield positions. A very exciting, high-energy guy that just shows up for the national anthem in a dirty uniform. End quote from Cashman in, in August of 2016. Cashman fell in love with the prospect, didn't move him when the teams called about him, and as you know, the rest is history. So at 4.47 p.m. Friday, Clint Frazier, who has eight hits and 37 at-bats so far this season, was DFA'd by the 23-33 and 33 at the time Chicago Cubs. After he had a lot of stuff to say about the Yankees organization, he said, Clint Frazier said, just the other day, you had to be a cookie-cutter version to be on that Yankees team. If not, then you were like a really bad distraction, it seemed like. So I don't miss being told how I had to look for the past five years. End quote. Well, Clint, come close. The hair on your head and the hair on your face wasn't the distraction. You sabotaged yourself, kid. You know, I talked with a former Yankee around the time of Clint Frazier's come up. You know what he told me? And I never forgot it. He said that this guy, Clint Frazier, needs to be knocked down a few pegs and that he needed a major attitude adjustment. Fast forward four years and that former player, who I will not name, we might as well just call him Nostradamus at this point. So is Clint Frazier's misfortune attributed him to not getting enough consistent reps? Or is it just like a bad luck chuck? Or does he just not have the makeup of a Major League Baseball player. Attitude, desire to improve his skills, willingness to work on or for the betterment of the team, the mental capacity, all that. 
Because in the beginning, like Cashman, I was fooled. And now, like the, the former Yankee told me years ago, Clint Frazier just doesn't belong at the major league level. And too bad Cashman and the Yankees did not pull the trigger on moving him when they had the golden opportunity to do so. And, you know, David Ross, he said that the DFA decision was tough, that they needed the roster spot for Chris Martin, who was a pitcher. And Ross said, we haven't been able to give Frazier real opportunities to watch him succeed right now. It's a tough decision. I think we think a lot of Clint. He said, I think we think, or you, I thought you would know. That I thought was weird. Uh, he said, I hadn't been able to w- give him some time with the appendix and the limiting at bats, and the Cubs don't see a real spot for him right now, blah, 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 right? And again, at Yankee Stadium, in the visitor's clubhouse, Clint Frazier's stuff was in his locker, but he, much like his time in New York, ducked the media completely. He was nowhere to be found. And, um, you know, Aaron Boone was asked about the situation in his pregame, and he, and he said, I like Chicago, too. Great town. I got to tell you, my favorite part of visiting Chicago was the pizza tour that I went on. The Chicago pizza tour, 10 out of 10, highly recommend all the different kinds of pizza, tavern style, deep dish style, all different kinds. I absolutely, they said, uh, don't eat breakfast and you won't be eating dinner. And guess what? I didn't eat breakfast and I didn't even need to eat dinner either. When you go to Chicago, you do the pizza tour. Malnati's. You know what I learned? And I'm going to teach you now, too. I teach kids in, in school. Why do uh, deep dish pizzas, why do they put the sauce on top? You know what? Hey, if you know the answer, give me a call. 877-337-6666. I won't, I won't give out the answer right now. Also, Soldier Field might be my favorite football stadium to date. I, like, open your eyes. And if you didn't know where you where you were, you might for a second think you were in Rome with all the marble surrounding you. I'm not kidding you. Soldier Field, absolutely beautiful. So you know what? I like Chicago too. Great town. Good pizza too, but nothing compares to Jersey pizza. Come on now. 877-337-6666. The question on the table also is, um, why do they put, and don't Google it, why do they put, the, cheese, the, the sauce on top of the cheese on deep dish pizza. Frank, do you happen to know that answer, Frank from Huntington? I do not. Oh, uh, I, right. I was just actually in Chicago for uh, the White Sox-Yankee uh, series. I went to the Saturday game. Very where, cool. Uh, where Cole pitched and uh, did all right, but they didn't end up taking a win. So yeah, it was no. a type game. Did you see uh, Soldier but- Field when you drove past to go to the south side? I did not. Uh, we we took the train, uh, and okay, okay. I was distracted on the train. Ah, uh, all right, so, all right. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of fans there. I'm so. sure. Uh, so anyway, I want to talk about uh, Garrett Cole. Yeah. And if the playoffs started tomorrow, do you think he would start Game Two? The reason why I ask is because of the experience. Obviously, Nestor Cortez definitely Game One. Yes. But do you think he would start Game Two? Uh, I'd put Severino game two, and I'd put Cole three, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I was calling in um, because of the Rangers series. Mm-hmm. I'm a diehard Islanders fan. <laughs> diehard. So, I oh, Frank, are you going to start to gloat here on the radio here? No, 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 no. <laughs> diehard Islanders fan. Yeah. Rangers, I hate to see it because of what Tampa's been doing the past three years, especially the Islanders. I think they lost the series because of defense. 
They don't have defense. They have a great goalie. They have one good defender in Adam Fox. Yeah. I just don't see them having the same game plan as what the Islanders had. Unfortunately, this year, we got hit by COVID, a lot of injuries, a lot of things happened. Things like people having char on the team. I just, it just fell apart. And I don't know why they got rid of shots either. That's where my thoughts are right now. Yeah. The Rangers lost the series because of the defense. They had plenty of offense. Yep. They were relying on the power play. More power to Sisterkin. He was a great goalie all year. Yep. But I think that's why they lost the series is defense. Yes, and, and that's, Frank, that's been a theme too. Uh, and and uh, thanks for the call there, Frank. That's been a theme too with this team. The defense has not been great. I mean, even going back to last year. You know, it's it's it puts a lot of pressure on a goaltender. And I know they get paid and blah, blah, blah. I, I understand that. But, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on him when you can't really rely on a defense in front of you. And that's not just this season, this this series, this season. It was – I remember talking to Rangers fans last year about the same thing. Although I do like Goodrow. Williston Park, Tim. Tim, do you know why they put the sauce on, on the top of the cheese on a deep dish pizza? I totally did not call because of that reason. However, I did work in an Italian restaurant in New York yeah. and also in Colorado. Okay. And I will tell you why. Tell us. Let's see if you it's got because it. Because the the ingredients as it relates to the cheese and the dough, because of a deep dish pizza, will burn if you put the sauce on too early. Mm. So they have to put it onto the top. Can you rephrase that? I think you got it, but I just want to make sure. So... The other ingredients in terms of the dough and the cheese will yes. burn too quickly yes. if you don't put the if you don't put the sauce on top. Bingo, that's exactly right. So the cheese will bake into or burn the 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 dough and that's why the sauce is the protective layer on top so that it doesn't burn. Good for you, Tim. Correct. No, and and again, I didn't even call in for that reason. It just happened to be I did happen to work at an Italian restaurant in Colorado and in New York. I worked in one in Jersey when I was in high school. So there we go. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so we got that going. <laughs> um, anyway, what I was calling is your perspective earlier on on the solo home runs and judge. Yeah. Um, and I coached softball for a long time. Mm-hmm. And hey, I was that's never something put- else we have in common. Oh, okay. You coach? Yeah, I know you played softball, right? I coach it but too. But I didn't yeah. know you coached. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. So we're 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 great now. <laughs> um, but I would never put. You know, you balance out the lineup, and right. I would never put. You know, the young lady who's going to hit home runs up first. Right. Don't get me wrong. I want I want her to be able to like have the most at bat. Right. But I definitely want like my first baseman or second baseman or whoever the person is that is getting. You know, he's getting on base to be on base. So, I, you know, I get those free runs early, take a little pressure off of my pitcher. Uh, right. Type of thing. Yes. So, I, I think that perspective is great. It's, it's hard to argue with the Yankees when they win 8 nothing. But right. at the same time, it, it, I think that perspective is really good. Can I make one point about the Mets before sure. I go? Yeah, I just want to add on to that. And I just want to say, like yeah. like you said, it's, it's, it's it, you know, they're scoring eight runs a game today. So, it's, it, you know, Jones hits two home runs, but... There's going to be a point where he gets on, and, and you're going to need some more out of him. And he's going to get up, I mean, and you're going to need some more out of him. And 75% of his home runs are solo home runs. That just, for me, doesn't sit well. I, when he hits a home run and there's nobody on base, I kind of just, like, shake my head and be like, oh, my God. I am so with you on that. When I heard you say it earlier, that's what reverberated because I was just like, yeah. not for nothing, your, your, your third hitter 
get up as many times as your first hitter most of the time right. in the game. Right. You know, as a coach, I know that for a fact. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Kind of thing. All right, the Mets. Uh, yeah, just real quick on the Mets is that I think the major difference here is like, we look at last year and the Mets were ahead by a number of games and obviously they're having a great season. Um, and they were up by five and a half games or more than that. And they wound up 11 and a half games out of first place at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. But they have a completely different leadership program going on right now. Right. And I think, and, and they have got, and they're really working through a lot of injuries and stuff like that. So, and I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm just objective here. Well, Tim, the problem with the Mets last year was that they, the the GM sat there in the booth with the SNY. I'll never forget this. He sat there in the booth with the SNY crew. They asked him about the DeGrom injury. He admitted that he knew the extent of the injury and did not make a move at the deadline. That is what sunk that team last year. That was it. <laughs> No, I, I agree with you 100%. But I also think that Buck Showalter is creating a, a different maker. type of leadership this yes. year where, you know, all right, we're X amount of games in front, but we're not going to give up. We're not going to stop anything. We're going to just go modus operandi and keep moving forward. Yep. You know, I think that's a major difference in my opinion. Yep. That's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah. Again, I'm a Yankee fan, but trying to be objective and look at it, it's a lot different than, like, watch out for the Braves like it was last year. Exactly. That's, That's the point I'm trying to make here, Tim. It's not the Braves are coming. The Braves are coming. The Mets are much better this year, as I was trying to say before. And people are still giving me heat on Twitter. All right, you, you Twitter fingers, call me. 877-337-6666. Uh, let's go to Adam and Seifert. You're up on the fan. How's it going, Danielle? What's up, Adam? How'd you do today in the game? Oh, man. Well, not great. <laughs> not great. I mean, I was excellent defensively. Offensively, we only had two wooden bats to pick from. You couldn't use any other kind of bat. And it was just too, it was too heavy. And uh, I did the uh, best I could. I was 0 for 2, but I was excellent in the field. I made every play that came my way, for sure. Nice. Nice. And, you, and it, was a good, it was a good charitable cause, it sounds like. Yeah, Franklin Lakes Education uh, uh, Foundation. Yeah. we raised My team alone raised $3,000 for them, so that's cool. Beautiful. That's, that's great. All right, two questions for tonight. Are you happy with the 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 outcome of the California trip for the Mets? If they they split in LA, which I was I was a little bit scared about initially, but then they wound up splitting. They lost two out of three in San Diego. But if they win tomorrow, are you satisfied with the trip? Yes, especially that they're missing Scherzer and Degrom. Yes. All right, all right. And what do you think about the upcoming homestand? I uh, saw Milwaukee's on a pretty bad losing streak, which is good. And what do you yep. think about the the two series against the Astros down the road. Yeah, Adam, I'm just gonna I'm gonna drop you for a second so you can hear the answer here. Uh because there's a delay, obviously. So uh Milwaukee, right? Uh Mets are getting them at a good time. Miami, cakewalk, you know, three against Milwaukee, four against Miami, and then you look ahead to June twenty first and the Astros. I'd be curious to see how the Mets do in in, in that in in those two games. It looks like Carrasco and Walker are lined up. Not not the best. Uh, but I'd be interested in seeing that one. That's that's kind of like your measuring stick if you're a Met fan. That's the barometer test because Milwaukee, eh, Miami, no. Houston is the date that if you're a Met fan, you're like, you know what, this 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 might be the one. Let, let's see how they measure up there. Uh, I'm I'm optimistic. However, Carrasco and Walker, eh, uh, I'm not overly optimistic. We'll put it that way. Hopefully, the Mets can score a lot of runs. 
Kevin Dexter is here to my left in the studio. He's got a quick update for you, and I am on the other end. Carton after midnight here on the fan in New York City. I'm with you for one more hour. And I think is it is it Fliegelman that comes in next? Fliegelman is in next. He'll be uh with you from I think it's three to six. Yeah, definitely three to six AM. Uh we've got sus behind the glass tonight. I still have my trumpet here, ready to dust this off and, and send the Rangers off to the offseason in a uh and of course the only way I know how, in the McCartan way, and play some taps for them coming up. Still got a lot to do in this final hour here, but you know what? As one of the callers just asked, I figure I can fill everybody in now. Uh, two things. One, you know by now I'm playing in a women's basketball league with NJ Play Sports in North Jersey. So here's your update on Thursday night's game. We lost. Again, we're 0-4. I-, I can't score. It's extremely frustrating that the shots will just not fall for me. It's not like I'm not shooting them. And, you know, it- it's it's still keeping me up at night. I mean, rec basketball is still keeping me up. You know, I, I, I've been making a more conscious effort to – I'm just trying to think of different ways that I can, like, you know, contribute <laughs> in a meaningful way. And and I guess it starts with the, the, the level of fitness, I guess. You know, it's been 16 years since I've actually competitively run up and down uh, a basketball court in high school. So, you know, so I made a, a conscious effort to start kind of running outside and, and – I don't know, outside just playing the games on Thursday night. So Friday I went for a run after school. I ran down to the field, did some sprints around the bases, cut some bases. Um, So a a former Giants son, actually, from across the field, ran right back up. Uh, You know, I did pretty good, I think. And then Saturday, which was, I guess, now yesterday at this point, I ran two miles, played in a softball game for the charity, which we'll get into in a second. And then guess what? Sunday, I'm doing the same thing all over again. And then Monday, I have softball practice. So I'm just trying... I'm just trying because it's it's real tough on Thursday nights, I tell you. Um, but it's just my production that it's just it's just frustrating. And you know, I guess the good part is, and everybody, you know, I got some callers here tonight that want to look on the good side of things. Well, guess what? Well, every game that we've lost, we've gotten a little bit better. So this past week, we only lost by twelve. Really, it was like nine. The girl chucked it up at the end. So really, it was like nine. So not so bad. You know, I think next week on, on Thursday we play the green team. So. I have a really good feeling that I'm going to tell you next week that we ended up winning that game. And I think they're beatable based on my scouting reporting, of course, in my rec basketball league, my rec women's league. And, um, you know, here's the other thing, too. All those Twitter softball hitting coaches on that six-second video I put up a few days ago of me in the batting cage, you know what? I'll find out. retweet it for you. At Coach McCartan on Twitter. Uh, you can go on Instagram, too. It's there as well. Uh Here's are some real tweet responses. Are you ready? First of all, the swing that I had was, dare I say, quite perfect. I mean, the the punch through at the here, I just retweeted it, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A. It's almost got 4,000 views on Twitter alone. But someone said, now hit it to right field. I bet you can't. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, not in the six-second video, I can't. No. Uh, at Joe D says, the follow-through is too low, but a nice stroke overall. Okay, thanks, Joe D. Lou from Astoria. He says, I, I can make three adjustments in that swing. We'll do it only if you allow me to do it. Not bad, though. <laughs> what? Three? You know what? A part of me was like, 
I want to hear what he has to say. And then the other part of me is like, you know what? I really don't care. Uh, and then at JM Cozzarelli said, weak swing with the laughing face. <laughs> okay. You must not be watching the same video as me. But, you know, I guess it comes with the territory. All good here. I know it's a great swing, especially a punch through with my top hand. That's a key, by the way. And, uh, of course, sports stuff. I played in that charity softball game for the Franklin Lakes Education Foundation today. Uh, that game was just a few hours ago. It started at 4 or a little after 4 p.m. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 0 for 2 at the plate. We had to use wooden bats. Uh, it, way heavier than anything I've ever really swung in my life. So I did the best I could. Yeah, but 0 for 2 at the plate. But in the field, though, I mean, everything that came my way, I made a play on. There was one play. They had me in right field to start the first inning. Or Yeah, the first inning I was in right field. Well, a lefty guy who was like seven feet tall gets up there. I'm backing up. I'm reading the swing. And then he hit a bomb. He hit a nuke out to me in right field. And guess what? I've never played right field in my life, by the way. Period. Stop. Uh, I judged it real nice. And, and I never really played the outfield anyway either, by the way. Shortstop. That's me. So now not only am I playing in the outfield, it's on the, the other side of the field too. You know what I'm saying? Made the catch. And I almost, my momentum almost took me into the DJ booth, too. I made the catch. It was right on the line, and then I caught it in, and then went into foul territory. He was out. Um, I caught a regular old pop-up at shortstop in the later innings. And then there was one play where it was straight up to the pitcher, and everybody's converging on the ball. Nobody caught it, and I grabbed the bouncing ball with my bare hand, stepped and threw the guy out of first. Well, that's an out. So, in the field, I did pretty good. At bat, not really. But anyway, that's that. We'll go back to the calls. 877-337-6666. Uh, Matt, at the Jersey Shore, you're up next on The Fan. Hi, Matt. Danielle, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Hey, uh, Matt, can you just turn down the radio in the back? We're getting a little bit of an echo. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I called you the uh, DJ LeMayhew. Uh, before, I just want you to know, no matter what time slot you're on, you're also, you always do a great job, just like he does in the infield. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, just wanted to say how funny it was when uh, Clint Frazier was still talking smack about the Yankees that he got DFA'd like that day. So. <laughs> I, know. Like, I know. I mean, how embarrassing is that? They said he was upset. No, he was embarrassed. What a loser. Right. What a loser. Right? Anyway, um... I can't talk long tonight, but I wanted to talk about, since you were talking about how the Yankees, you know, there's always stuff to make sure they get better at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so hopefully we can have a successful postseason run this year. Mm -hmm. Assuming Hicks and Gallo are gone, who is going to replace them realistically other than someone in their own organization? Uh, okay, man, I'm going to let you go because the background noise is very loud. Uh, who is going to replace them? Uh, I don't think the Yankees look internally, honestly. Uh, I, I think a really good fit, a, an excellent fit for this team, plays on the Royals, and his name is Andrew Benintendi. I mean, left-handed bat, left fielder, natural left fielder, and his spray chart. Andrew Benintendi's spray chart, let's just say it's it's all over the field. He would be a natural fit. Um, so, provided that Hicks and Gallo are not in the outfield beyond the trade deadline, I do believe Gallo will be gone. Hicks, unfortunately, will, will stay there. 
Uh, I, I do think that they will not get rid of him. Um, so we'll see, but I think Benintendi would be number one on my on my targeted list of, of guys for the Yankees outfield, especially in left field. Now, again, we could talk about Aaron Aaron Hicks, and if he the other night runner on you know extra innings, runners on first and second, no outs. Luis Rojas has to stop the game and run, call timeout, stop the game, and go talk to him and say, "Hey, buddy, I had the bunt sign on." So, do you think Aaron Hicks just missed the bunt sign or ignored it? If you're asking me, I think he ignored it. I don't think he wanted to bunt in that situation. And guess what? He ended up lining out anyway. I don't, you know what I mean? Uh, I think he ignored it. Because, well, either way, it's a bad look. Because if you ignored it, that's one thing. If you missed it, well, you're a major league hitter. What are you doing out there? So, that's what I think about that. Hey, you you have an opinion? You want to stick up for him? Go ahead. 877-337-6666 is the numbers. Uh, Suss is waiting behind the boards uh, and waiting for the calls to come through there. Uh, in the meantime, we'll go out to Dobbs Ferry. Sparky, you're on the fan. Oh, how are you tonight, Coach? I'm good, Sparky. How are you? Okay. Now, with the Yankees, of course, Garrett Cole scares the heck out of me. Me too. Okay. Because I'm sorry. If you look over the years... Against the Twins, the Yankees play better against the Twins than anybody else. Mm -hmm. They're playing a Twins team that's ravaged with injuries, Mm -hmm. and this guy still gives up five homers in two and a third innings. Three in a row to start the game. I've been, Coach, I've been watching the game since September 1962, and I turned seven. I've never seen that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But, but Sparky, the game before that, he's flirting with a perfect game. The inconsistency kills me. I can't with but that. The, but you know what? With him, he he just um, if he has any kind of adversity, he totally it seems like quits because he actually you can opponents could see it when the guy shows his emotions on the yes. field when he. I mean, and they and they got to figure we got this guy in the bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Any any little thing sort of sets him off. Anything that doesn't go in, the, in you know his way. You know, I always point to the, the classic is going to be forever. I think the opening day when when the first pitch took a little too long. I mean, really, coach. All I know is you played right field for the first time and made a great catch. That's what I hear. That That's what happened. I, I surprised myself today, actually. But uh. now, with Aaron Judge, you're so accurate about him. Because, first of all, they totally misused this guy. I mean, the idea of him playing center field with his injury history is crazy. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, the misuse of abilities as a hitter. Yeah. Let's face it. What's one of the problems they have? They don't hit with guys in scoring position. Right. And you have your most productive hitter right. batting second or first. Yep. I mean, coach, if this guy's batting cleanup, I guarantee you he's got at least 20 more RBIs. Yeah, that. and that's what I was thinking. I saw the other day, like, like for example, Pete Alonso, who does bat fourth in the Mets lineup, he has, like, Half the amount of home runs that Aaron Judge does, but like almost double the amount of RBIs that he does. I mean, that's wasting them. That's what okay. I'm saying. That's a complete misuse of, of Aaron Judge's bat in that lineup. Because you know what's scary? 
the one you were mentioning before and you slipped in Queens. I got a feeling that's where he's going to end up. That would I be frightening. I want to be on the radio that day. We'll just put it that way. Now, and, uh, now we're both obviously not fans of Chapman, but if the Yankees play things wisely, they can get something decent for this guy because people from the outside might say, shit, this guy can, this guy can put us over the top. You know, they might yeah. be able to get, okay. But now, Brian, my last thing's about Brian Cashman. Yeah. If I ever met him, I'd be curious about one thing talking to him. He's the guy that complains, still complaining about the Astros cheating scandal, okay? Yeah, that's a little yeah. annoying, too. Yes. Now, he comes across like a total dope. The idea, he complains about this, yet he allows the Yankees to hire the architect of the scandal, Carlos Beltran, as an mm-hmm. announcer. I think that's funny as heck. I know. You know what? It kind of, at the time, you're like, well, wait a minute. Why and why is he really bringing him in there? I don't know. It, it was a little funny to me, but I'm glad he's, he's not a part of it because I don't want any questions on whether or not the Yankees are cheating. When they win the World Series this year, and and but you know it's sad, uh, it's scary. Like even like during this recent run, we saw Gallo have a few games where mm. he did something. Mm-hmm. Later in the game, when they had guys on base, he showed the other side of Gallo. You knew the strikeout was coming. Yes, but I think you're talking about the game where he did have two home runs, that one? Yep. Yeah, well, yep, I mean. The base is loaded. That's who he is as a hitter. Out. That's who he is. He's going to give yep. you two home runs and two strikeouts. He's like a little girl with the curl. I mean, he's amazing. It's like, but I think you're right, though. He's going to be gone. No, I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't foresee him sticking around. And the best the Yankees fans can do, and Sparky, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. The best case scenario that Yankee fans can hope for at this point in time is for, for Joey Gallo to get hot because that's only going to up his trade value. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't get much for him now. But if he starts to get hot, you know what kind of hitter he is. You probably don't want him on your roster, um, you know, long-term if you're making a deep run into this postseason. So you hope that he starts hitting. You hope that he ups his trade value, and boom. There you go. Then you move him. Hicks, too. I would dump Hicks in a heartbeat, too. I mean, today, he didn't even leg out a ball, and he would have been safe. There was an error made or something like that to, to, to the right side of the infield. He didn't leg out the ball. He was out. Come on. That's like, that's like. And then I watch a guy like Brandon Nimmo, who gets walked on four pitches, and he sprints down to first base. I mean, really. There's a difference there. There's a big difference there. But, um. Anyway, I've got in my hands right now, if you can hear it, i got to warm this up on this break here. Uh, I, I've got my trumpet in hand. As you know, the New York Rangers have been sent home by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final just a few hours ago. I, I came on right as it, pretty much minutes after it ended. Uh, I've had Rangers calls all night, and it's time. I, I've put together a little uh, montage for for everybody from some of the postgame uh, interviews, and uh, I've got my trumpet. We've got taps 
my version of taps uh, to send the Rangers off into the postseason in the only way that I know how. I'm Danielle McCartan, uh, and, and I'm here with you until 3. Taps is coming up next here on The Fan. McCartan after midnight here on WFAN Radio in New York City. It is 221 and 46 seconds. I'm here with you till 3. So it's me and you and us till 3 p.m. Mike Fliegelman comes your way at that time. He's with you till 6 a.m. till sunrise at 6. Um, So as the Rangers highlights flash on the screen here in the studio, the Lightning defeat the Rangers 2-1 to to advance to the Stanley Cup final. Lightning, Avalanche, which means that the Rangers, and they could be on their flight home right now, actually. They could be getting off the, the plane in, uh, in Westchester County Airport. Very nice air. I like that airport, actually. They, they let you walk on the tarmac to get into the plane. Very cool. Uh, so the, what does that mean? Well, I haven't touched my trumpet since the last elimination, which was, uh, oh, I don't, I don't remember which team that was. So it's been a while. Um, I've made a montage Throughout the night of a, uh, a couple of Rangers speaking in their post games, I have, uh, I believe it is Strom up first, followed by Chris Kreider, followed by Mika Zibanejad. I will put that, Sus will play that over me playing my trumpet here. So let me just um, wipe my mouth. I've warmed up a little bit on the break. We'll see what happens here, everybody. Uh, this is my version of sending the Rangers off to the offseason in style. Sus, go ahead. Take a couple days to reflect on things. Uh, right now it's uh, not easy. I'm sure we'll think about it and, like I said, reflect. But uh, yeah, right now, not a good feeling. Empty. Obviously very sad. I don't honestly have much to say. I just... Empty. It's... it's um, don't want it to be over. And with that, we honorably send the Rangers into the offseason. Sus, how was that? What do you think? Give me a rating. Let's say. F- oh, no. If I was to be completely honest, uh, do you want it out of, out of five or out of 10? Mm, out of 10. All right. I'd say eight out of 10. All right. So, like an 80%? Yeah. All right. It's just like for me, I'm just like, I'm trying to remember. I was like, hmm. I, I've never. This has never happened to me where I've had to uh, make to listen in on the uh, you know the station for you know the acoustics for brass in- instruments at, <laughs> at least. So it's not like look, we've played like brass instruments from you know songs, songs, yeah. right? But like not from like an actual in- instrument. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's just, like for me, I'm just like, hmm, how's this gonna sound? And that's the one thing I was try- trying to. I was right. Curious, but also trying to make sure that you know it's. Uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't sound like it was like it was overpowering the mic, you right? Know? Right. Because that's the thing you always want you fear with with like playing any instrument like yeah. live like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Well, I hope it sounded good. I know it did. You're in charge. So, um, well, with that, the Rangers are uh, are sent off to the off season in in in, in my way, uh, in our way here. Well, I guess if it's just my way there, but um, anyway. So, um, there's that. 
Now, Suss wanted to talk about the, the uniforms at the Angels. He, he, he went into my ear on a commercial, and he was like, oh, these Angels uniforms are horrible. I was like, what? Tell the, tell the listener why those uniforms, in your opinion, were horrible. When I looked up close at those at the Angels uniforms, I I legitimately thought they looked like knockoffs of their seventies and eighties uniforms. What they looked like knock cheap knockoffs that you get from like one of those scam stores that that sell out. <laughs> some some guys like selling them for off the street. It's like, hey, you want a vintage Reggie Jackson Angels jersey, and uh, it just looks like it was just hand drawn. No. It looks hand drawn. Like, the hat and the jersey looks hand-drawn. They would have been so much better off if they just straight up went to throwback jerseys from the 70s and 80s, 80s Angels. At least those looked good. At least, <laughs> even the Mo Vaughn, like, 90s blue. Do you remember the blue uniforms that they had, like, um, during, like, the, 90, the late 90s? They had, like, those blue uniforms for, like, a little bit before they switched back to the, to the red that we see now. Um, so I'm trying to look. Oh yeah, I do remember them. Yeah, with the little wing on the A. Exactly, those yeah, look yeah. fine too, and they and they look okay. But you know, but you know, you, you always remember the Angels as being red. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that they they went back and switched out to their current to what they are now. But that looks hand drawn, like as if it was just like <laughs> I love it. I I just feel like some of these Connect jerseys are. Just not good. All right, they're, so they're wait, bad. let's explain the City Connect of the Angels. If you're watching the Met game tonight, you know exactly what we're talking about. So the the, the color of the jersey was was cream colored, not white, and it's supposed to represent the sand. Okay, uh, it says it features a 60s style font with a haloed A, meant to look like surf style. That I'm not totally buying. And then it has front numbers that that throw back to classic beachside signs. Uh, I'm not seeing it, but I guess I never lived in California. And then the two stripes on the left sleeve are designed after the longboard stripes of old surfboards. That's kind of cool. And then the white front panel hat is meant to be inspired by the Southern California skater scene. The black jersey, or sorry, the back jersey numbers are designed off the front of the oh of the lifeguard towers. And there is also a hidden surfboard above the tag on the hem of the jersey. Maybe that explains why it looks hand drawn. Maybe that explains it. Because I, I, I just think that th- you, this is a jersey. This is a baseball uniform. It needs to look like it was printed, sewn. It shouldn't look like you just straight up drew it on, onto the side of a jersey. You, I like it. Have Like, I All remember right. this past weekend. Did you see on Saturday night what the Dodgers were wearing for their City Connect jerseys? I don't like them. Exactly. You yeah. know, most of these City Connect jerseys are complete whiff. The, have you seen the Rockies one where um, it's like the Green Mountain? It looks plastered like like they're trying to get like a Colorado Rocky background. Like, yeah. It, I I've said this before on a, on a, another show and I'll say it again. That jersey makes reminds me more of the Colorado State Bighorns than it does the actual Colorado Rockies. If your jersey design makes me think of another team that's just a collegiate team in your own state over the actual professional baseball team in said state, that's a problem. <laughs> That's Such a gigantic problem. <laughs> the only two jersey connect jerseys that are remotely acceptable are the Boston Red Sox. No. The marathon jerseys are actually clean, and oh, I actually like those. No, you don't like yellow, those. Yellow, blue, and yellow. 
No. It, you could do so much worse. That the, the Red Sox could do so much worse, but they they actually did something that was kind of cool, and, and it reminds – they did it based off the Boston Marathon colors. I know. I like the sentiment. Uh, it's a miss for me on those. What's the other one you are going to say? Uh, the Florida Marlins, you know, the red ones? Oh, no. You like them? I actually you – know, oh, they're, they, no. They're, they basically – they kind of wore, wore on on me, you know? Like oh, they, no. I thought, I thought they were kind of fine. And the Marlins, for the most part, like they've had years of like pretty decent jersey designs. I like the old school Florida Marlins with like the fish on them, like the swordfish. Yeah, no, that the Marlin, I guess. I like the. I felt like they should have kept the logo, but but that would mean that we'd have to sacrifice kind of like their multicolor design that they have now, which I actually think is really nice. I actually like them. So my two favorite ones of all the City Connect jerseys are. The Washington Nationals with the cherry blossoms. Really, I'm not really, I'm not really buying that one. <laughs> we have opposites. Me and you like the opposites. And then my other one that I loved. What is this one? Oh, the Diamondbacks. No, I don't like that either. Uh, Angels, I kind of like. The other one I loved, loved, was the White Sox, the South Side. That one, I, I'm, I'm neutral on that one. That's my favorite one. I, I, I do like. It. I think I, I, I think I like it, but I had to, I had to see them wear it again. And even though right now it's not a good time to be a White Sox fan, right now, <laughs> Tony Larusa is. Uh, Do you hear the to- fire Tony chants? That's a that's such a fall from grace. This guy was like a multi-time World Series champion, and he 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 could have basically he could have just stayed out of baseball. He could have stayed out. Retired. And he could have just been like the one of the best managers in Cardinals history. Mm-hmm. He managed. I'm pretty sure he was a manager of the of the A's in that back in the '80s. I think that. I, someone correct me because I my memory could be completely off on that one. But, but he I, had the chance to ride off into the sunset exactly. and be... He could have been the guy that was the World Series, the manager of the 2011-2006 St. Louis Cardinals with with Albert Pujols, yeah. with Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina. Like That could have been his legacy. But he decided to come back for some reason, and <laughs> now he's just mut- basically muddying his legacy. Well, this is two weeks in a row that I've quoted... Uh, that man on this show, and it and it was uh, I looked it up last week. You either live, you you die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And uh, I think that's what he's doing out there. Not that he die or anything, you know what I mean. But like retire and ride off into the you sunset. Basically, it's like you either just go off into the sunset, or you basically um, stay in the sun until you basically melt. <laughs> All right. So going back to the city connect jerseys, and we'll open up the phones to anybody that wants to, to call in too. For the Mets and for the Yankees, let's take. I think the Mets would be an easier one. I would design a jersey, City Connect, of course. Um, I would maybe put um, since it's Queens, right? I would design like a Mets logo on the front with maybe like the like a crown on it, um, and of course the apple, the home run apple, is very um, prominent in Mets history there. So I would incorporate an, a red apple somewhere along the line. In those jerseys with a, a, a queen's crown, right? Queens wear crowns, right? Don't they? In cartoons anyway, don't they? Um, and uh, that's how I would do the Mets. Those are two elements that I would include with the Mets. A queen's, a crown, and a red apple. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like the Mets, they already have their thing. Like, the, the, the black jerseys are kind of like their City Connect jerseys in some way, shape, or form. Like, it's a special jersey that's worn on certain It's nights. an alternate. It's an alternate, but it's like, it's special. It has like a special. It has like a little bit of special. Like, I love the black jerseys. Yeah. Oh, what? All right. What elements then would you make the city connect jersey black? Then I, I don't. 
I don't think the the Mets and Yankees. That's the thing. That's the special part about this is that they don't need it. Mm. They they are way above it. And the Dodgers. I'm I'm. That's why I was so disappointed in the Dodgers because look, I get it. They had lost Dodgers on the front. I understand that, but you could do that with your regular jerseys and just do that. So there's nothing you would add to a Mets City Connect jersey. No, I wouldn't even consider doing the City Connect jersey. I would, wow. They should just stick. You know that they're eventually going to have to. For it's a money grab thing. Uh, and that's, you know that it, not for the Mets for Major League Baseball. For Major League Baseball, yes, but like if but if I'm Steve Cohen and if or if I'm the like you know the Steinburners, I'm basically saying to Manfred, absolutely not. Yeah, and the Manfred's whole- going to say, but you are. But the whole point of our jerseys are fine. They're going to sell no matter what because they're majestic. They're one of the top jerseys in baseball. Like, the Yankees have the pinstripes. Why do you think we keep calling them pinstripes? Because they've never had an alternative jersey. They've always had the pinstripes. They've had made alterations throughout the years, yes. But the consistent main design has remained the same. And... You don't mess with this. Hmm. You don't mess with something that keeps working. And then the Mets, on the other hand, look, they had that clean white, um, the you know, the black, the black hat hats during like the past decade. But they switched back to the blue and orange, and it's working. I I love those jerseys. They're, they're great. The blue and orange, like, it's great. And I I don't know when exactly they decided they decided to switch. They switched out of the black hats to like the full blues, but. I think either either way, it works. Mm. It has always worked for the Mets. They, All right. Well, if you guys have a choice on what you'd like to include on a Yankees or a Mets City Connect jersey, go ahead and give us a call. 877-337-6666. Heated discussions over here. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's go to uh, to the phones. We go to Tom in North Brunswick. You're up on the fan. Uh, how's it going, Danielle? I just turned the radio on, and, uh, so I don't know. What was the question? Oh, uh, if you were to, well, you have a Mets point. So if you were to create a City yes. Connect jersey for the New York Mets, what elements would you want included in that? I don't know. Uh, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I guess. You're not a graphic uh, designer? <laughs> no. I, 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 I'm a writer. I can write, you know, I write poetry and, you know, things. But not, I don't know. I said, <laughs> and I th- didn't the San Diego wear like, or LA wear pajama type uniforms or something? Yeah, they don't, I don't like them at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like the orange and blue, the, uh, you know. So you're a traditionalist, right just like Sus. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, right. I didn't really like, for some reason, I didn't like the black jersey, but they're okay. But, you know, Danielle, I'm not, uh, the Mets are 17 games over 500. They're, they have the second best record in baseball. I, I know there's, you know, this, this road trip has been a little irritating. I'm not worried. Uh, not yet, anyway. I got the Braves winning 10 in a row. Phillies winning nine in a row. Um you know, before this road trip, the Mets had a six-game winning streak. So, you, right. you know, you know what? You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like everybody, I knew this was going to happen. Everybody's going to start panicking about the Mets. I knew this. We talked. Yeah. I talked about it. I mean, they have yeah. had uh, series after series against really good teams, the Mets. And you know what? Yeah, I they think played, they did fine. Yeah, and you know what? You know why I'm not worried this year? Because and, and I, I'm like a broken record. I've been telling all the hosts, but it's true. Uh, last year, the Mets were in, you know, they were in first place for three months. What did they do? Yeah. But their their offense was terrible. Yep. You know, they, they you know, uh, this is, and, and their record really wasn't a first place record. You know, they're, they're only 61 games in. And they're, you know, like the Yankees record is out of this world. For, you know, you got two of the best teams yeah. in baseball, and this is the best area of baseball. Yep. But, uh, you know, 
you know, it's going to be, it's an exciting summer. I'm gonna, you know, there's some things to worry, uh, not worry about, but just some, uh, both teams have some things to, but, but both teams are yeah. doing great. Yes. And I don't see any reason why it can't continue. And, and right. um, you know what, Danielle, if, I don't know when Scherzer and if, if they get Scherzer, but I know they're going to get him back, but if they ever get Scherzer and the ground back, uh, for the stretch run with the offense they have, it's yep. pretty good. I think they're number one or two in baseball run score. You know, I don't make them sound like this juggernaut superstar team. I'm just saying they're really good, much yep. better than last year. Team batting. That's, where, that's the reason why I'm really not that worried. You are correct. The Mets yeah. average 5.1 runs per game. That yeah, is good that's, for second in yeah. the league behind the Dodgers. I know. I know. And I, all and all of baseball, yep. you know. And I just so, love and, uh, how they, 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 how they do it. They don't overly rely on the, on the long ball. They don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, they, they, they situationally hit. That's, that's a yeah. good characteristic. Yeah, and you know, and 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 even and, and, and you know, Yankees are similar to that too. Though obviously, they have a lot of home runs, but they're they're also uh, uh, hitting in the clutch this year. You know, I'm not going to say this. And I'm a Mets fan, and you know, I, I think the Mets can be championship caliber. But I'm telling, I'm, I'm going to say this: the New York Yankees, their their offense is as excellent. It's good, but if their pitching continues to pitch like pitching, that's a championship caliber. T- uh, there's no way that they're not going to win the World Series. Well, you, I mean, yeah. Danielle, they've only allowed 176 runs in, yeah. in 60 and 59 games. The one concern I would you know, have is that the bats go silent. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I know. You know what's interesting with the Yankees? They they have, they have like you know they're lined up. You know they have like a hole in left field. Uh, you know mm-hmm. they have like three or four positions that they're not really getting production out of. But they're still winning games. The reason why they're yep. so great is because they're doing things in the clutch, and their pitching is outstanding. And uh, you know, judges, you know, the players that are star players that are tearing the cover off the ball. Yep, it's going to be an exciting summer here. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Mets Yankees World Series. Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine this radio station if there's a Mets and Yankees World Series there, Tom? Oh, you know, my God. And you know what? And real quick, now I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know what? When, uh, to be fair, in 2000, and I wasn't a scared Mets fan, I didn't think the Mets really had much of a chance because the Yankees were in their dynasty. Yeah. I mean, I thought they had a chance, but the Yankees were in the midst of their dynasty, the core four, and they were like a super team. Mm-hmm. Even though this team is great and everything, it's different. So... I, I get way ahead of myself, but I'm not a. That would be exciting. That would be mm-hmm. that would be awesome. <laughs> and then, and this one would be uh, would be a really good competition. It wouldn't be like uh, one sided like right. it was in 2000. Yeah, right. They, they would go back and forth at each other. Well, Tom, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine a Yankees Mets World Series? Another Subway Series? I was uh I was 12 when the first one happened, so, you know, I couldn't, I mean, I got into it, but I didn't really, really get into it, like sitting with a microphone on Sports Talk Radio in New York City when the two teams in New York are in the World Series. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So, as I'm sitting in my classroom Friday afternoon, I'm getting my, you know, just some stuff in order for tonight's show and just looking through some articles and some things, and I stumbled upon something crazy about this upcoming football season and at least one of our two teams here in this New York metro area. And then I started thinking about it pretty much the rest of the day. You know, my, my stray thoughts were like, well, what about this? They, uh, they kept veering back to this, and I couldn't believe it. And it actually spurred me into action, if that's the right word. Spurned? Spurred? Spurred me into action Friday night. 
So I'm Danielle McCartan. I'll fill you in next here on The Fan. into the final segment here of McCartan after midnight here on the fan in New York City. I've got eyes on Michael Fliegelman. He's waving now, checking his phone, checking his Twitter. Make sure he's up to date on the most important stuff to bring your way. Mike Fliegelman comes your way in about, mm, let's round up to 16 minutes uh, from now. And he'll take you through uh, through 6 a.m. You're in good hands with him after, after I leave you tonight. Um, so, I, I'm sitting in my classroom on, oh, Friday afternoon. And I, I, <laughs> I'm eating lunch by myself. And you know what? Believe me, it's not as lonely as it sounds. Like, I get zero minutes of alone time all day. So I, I actually welcome the quiet. So as I'm sitting there eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I came across something. And I came across something that I, I wanted to pass on to you. I passed it on to my father, and he did the same thing that I did. So, listen, you know this is not a particularly focused on gambling show by any means, but I came across an article about the New York Jets, and in it, it said that as of this past week, the New York Jets are the largest Super Bowl liability at FanDuel, at Caesars, and at the actual brick-and-mortar Brigada in Atlantic City. More bets have been placed on the Jets to win the Super Bowl than on any other team except the Bills, who are the consensus favorites to win the Super Bowl. So, I read that. I'm like, oh, let me jot that, that note down. Maybe that'll be important. I was like, you know what? The rest of the day, you know, when I had a free minute, my, my mind started wandering, and I'm thinking, uh... All right, well, why not the Jets? You know, what, what is the real expectation for this Jets team? And don't worry, Giants fans, I got something for you too. So, all right, so the Jets were 22-59 and 59 over the past five seasons. They're tied with for the Giants for the worst in the NFL over the past five seasons. The Jets have a minus 8.4 point differential in a game. The worst in the league by far. The Giant or the Jets have the longest playoff drought in the NFL. 11 consecutive seasons. Kids that are 11 years old that are that, that could be in my classroom have never seen the Jets in in the playoffs. So Friday night, just because I don't want to feel left out on this and because call me a sucker, but I did put a few bucks on the Jets and the Giants to win the Super Bowl. And I do it every single year. And it's going back to my summer trips to Las Vegas pretty much every summer. when you That was the only place that you could make your bets. I mean, you, you get that little paper print out. You walk up to the, the teller and you said, and I always make the mistake. I'm like, oh, I'd like to pick the Jets to win the, world, the Super Bowl. And they say, just give me a number. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, number 4525. And they, you know, they type it in. <clears throat> they print out that little paper, that, that little receipt thing. And then you stick it on your fridge until February. And then if and when you win, you, you take that little card, you put it in the envelope, and you send it back to the casino, and then they send you a check. Well, you know, I've been doing this for that long. Now we have sports betting, which is legal, right on your phone. I, I get it. But um, 
and I know if you're a Jet or a Giant fan, you're not waiting until February to, to, to know you could rip up that thing. Normally, by Thanksgiving, you have a really good <laughs> uh, barometer on whether or not you're going to rip up that ticket. But anyway, Friday night, here's what I did. And, and I passed this on to you uh, just to, to help you uh, maybe make a quick buck. Uh, this is not a gambling show by any means, but I, I thought that it would be helpful. Giants to win the Super Bowl. I put 10 bucks on them at plus 10,000 odds. Jets to win the Super Bowl. I put 10 bucks on them at plus 15,000. Uh, 15, so I, I, let me be clear. The, the Super Bowl is not an expectation for either of these two teams for this season, but you got to be in it to win it, right? And 20 bucks, all right. I feel like 20 bucks, if I lost a $20 bill in the street, I'd be okay with it. So that's kind of how I approach this whole thing. So, all right, so no Super Bowl. But in the article, it said that, quote, the Jets have attracted more bets to win the AFC East at points bet than the favored Bills and more money than the Dolphins and Patriots combined. Now, I saw, sat back and I said, well, is that a realistic expectation for the New York Jets? They've got, you know, another year in the, 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 the regime, the coaching regime. Zach Wilson's got another year. I think the Jets had, a, had an A-plus or at least an A, A-minus draft. Zach Wilson hopefully takes the next step. So I'm thinking, all right, can they win the East? I mean, I, I would still say no uh, because the Bills are Super Bowl favorites. And unfortunately for the Jets, they also reside in the AFC East. So I did, though, I got to find it. I, you know, I, I did do a, a little something, something on that, a little action on that. I took the Jets to win the AFC East, Bills to come in second. And I put $10 at plus 2,800 odds. Not bad. And then if you're looking for a really good one, and this is the one I ended up telling my dad to do. If you're looking for a good one, Brian Dayball, the new Giants coach, he is the favorite to win NFL Coach of the Year. And there's three of them that are tied at plus 1,400 odds. He's tied with Kevin O'Connell, who's the Vikings, Minnesota Vikings. He's tied with Doug Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're all, Dable, O'Connell, and Peterson are all at plus 1,400. And as I told my dad today, I mean, I'm not concerned about the Vikings and the next step that they're going to take. Uh, the Jaguars are a mess. So why not the Giants, especially out of the front runners? Why not the Giants? I thought that the Giants drafted, okay. Uh, I love the first two picks. Beyond that, We'll see. I think Daniel Jones is going to take the next step. I love the way that they're structuring this offense. And, uh, you know, talking about expectations for the Jets, how about for the Giants? So that, I think, was – and that's all I'll do. That And that was the, the best of my bets, I think. Brian Dable will be coach of the year for all of those reasons. I, and I also think that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to explode in the Wink-Martindale scheme. I really do. I think that scheme is 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 tailor made for a guy like that. I could be wrong. I haven't really been to a Giants camp or Jets camp, and I plan to go this summer, so that would be fun. But <clears throat> I also happen to know, and we've talked about briefly two or three weeks ago, that the Giants have the fourth 
easiest strength of schedule this season, the New York Giants. So I think they're going to be, I'm using air quotes here, good. Like, like almost like fake good because they reside in such a crappy division. So if the Giants make the playoffs, which I think they can with the very weak NFC East. And by the way, if the Giants have the fourth easiest strength of schedule, you know who the other t- three teams are? The rest of the NFC East. So, um, hey, you never know, right? So, uh, you know, Washington doesn't scare me. The Eagles don't scare me. The Cowboys, they always seem to, you know, crap the bed at the end. So I think the Giants have the potential, the ability to win the very weak NFC East at this point on June 12th. If they do, I think Brian Dable is a lock to win Coach of the Year. So there you go. There, There's all of the futures football bets that I'm going to make this season. That's it. So take it or leave it. My dad ended up calling me back, and he's like, uh, uh, can you do it for me? I don't really know how to do it. I'm like, uh, all right, yeah, sure. So I ended up putting uh, $10 for him on the on Dable to win Coach of the Year. So um, just looking through some tweets, I would love to see the next uh, – Leo Luca Randizzi said, I would love to see the next manager of the Yankees be Rachel Balkovec. I think the Yankees could be grooming her to manage the big club. Maybe managing the minors for a while, then maybe manage the World Baseball Classic and Olympics. She will be ready. I'm going to write back. I'd love that. <laughs> Clearly, obviously. Um, let's see what else we got going on Twitter. Uh, oh, I got someone th- tweeted me. He said, great show. I was listening on my way back from a wedding. It was a Greek wedding. And he said there was a lot of food and money dances. And I, if you've ever been to a Greek wedding, a big fat Greek wedding, uh, my roommate from college, a very good friend, um, she had one of those, and they were throwing money on the dance floor. And I was like, "What the? What's going on here? Why? Why is everybody throwing money?" And uh, I had to get it explained to me that uh, it's it's a, like a gesture of you know appreciation for the DJ that they're doing a good job. So there's that. So that's so you learned a couple things tonight. I got, a, I got a DM from Theo B. He said, damn, I live in Chicago, and I had no idea why the sauce is on top of a deep dish. <laughs> well, that's why. The sauce is on top, so the cheese and the uh, and the crust don't burn. Well, there's your, your knowledge for the night, your fun facts for the night. As it still remains, you know, the Yankees destroyed the Cubs today in a home run derby in the Bronx. I am so sick and tired of seeing Aaron Judge hitting solo home runs. I'm tired of it. They need to move him down the order. And I know the Yankees are winning, and I and I know. Don't screw with something. I get it. But, one, I'd like to see him out of center field. Put Hicks back out there. He's the center fielder, right? Uh, Stanton in left, judge in right. Let's just keep it that way, please. There's a lot of wear and tear on a center fielder, and I, and I, I get nervous every time Aaron Judge uh, lays out for a ball, like that other one that other night. So and that, and I and I can't I can't every single time that Aaron Judge hits a home run and it ends up being a solo home run. I ju- I just it just makes me shake my head like come on man. And I know it hasn't gotten them in trouble yet, but it might move him down to third. Doesn't hurt. He gets the same amount of at bats mostly overall. You'd think. Um, and we talked about tonight about. You know, concerns about the Yankees should win when they make a deep run into the postseason. 
Uh, me, I, at this point in time, I, on June 12th, 3 o'clock in the morning, I am not trusting Garrett Cole in a Game 1 scenario at all. He's been too wildly inconsistent for me, for my liking. I mean, how do you flirt with a no-hitter or a perfect game even through seven innings and then throw five home runs, you know, uh, throw, how do I say it, have batters hit five home runs against you and what was it, two and a third innings? First three batters of the game go deep. I mean, that would be demoralizing in a, in a game one of a postseason uh, uh, series. So if it's me right now, and I even said it last year, I said it last year. Uh, probably in September, starting in September of last year. I'm starting Nestor Cortez, number one, in a short series. That's it. And then uh, a nice graphic. I, I, can't, I didn't get a, a photo of it. Uh, the SNY uh, crew put up a nice graphic of the past couple World Series uh, winners and where they finished, I think it was the regular season, with runners in scoring position. And lo and behold, they were all at or near the top with hitting hitters hitting with runners in scoring position. Now I look at this Yankees team and they leave on what is it? 3 point something runners per game, which is good for 18th best in the league. And the company you look around them it's like the Rockies. It's like teams that you're like, "Ooh, I don't I don't want to be mentioned in the same sentence as those teams." So those are the three main concerns that that I would have if I'm a Yankee fan going forward uh in, in the big series. And of course, the Rangers the range the Rangers tonight, you know they 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 kind of faked you out, didn't they? Because you have, you know, uh, the team comes out the first period, they just look un, not non-competitive, flat, non-competitive, all all of those adjectives. Then they go down one nothing, and and you know the stats of Vasilevsky in 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 these games, and 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 he's just he's just amazing. I mean. He has the most series-clinching shutouts of all time now, seven. And it was that way coming in. He's just upping the record now. A a guy in Vasilevsky who's throughout his last seven series-clinching wins has only allowed one goal, 200 shots against and one goal. And and his last seven series-clinching wins, goals against average was .14. .14! So when Frank Vetrano gets in there, scores a goal... All right, then you start thinking like, all right, well, all right, maybe they can do this. And late, you know, late in the game that was, maybe they could do it. Chris Kreider, absent. Panarin, pretty much absent. Capo Caco was a healthy scratch from this game. Galat refused to answer questions as to why. Got very uh, bristly with the media when they asked him. And it was a fair question. It was worded very nicely. He just didn't answer it. How do you sit Capo Caco and he's healthy? How do you sit him? He's not injured and not have an explanation for it. That I thought was uh, reprehensible. But then it's it's 1-1. And if you're the Rangers, you're like, well, we, we have a chance. If you're playing on the Rangers, you say, we have a chance. And that chance was negated 21 seconds later on a Stamkos goal, his second of the night. And that was it. That was the end of the season for the Rangers. And, you know, we ta- we debated tonight about saying, like, oh, well, they'll be back. Well, when you look at the number of players that are departing in free agency and, 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 and potentially free agency and restricted and unrestricted, uh, this might not be the same team you see on the ice next year. So 
you know, expectations for the Rangers, of course, they far exceeded them. But when you get this close, those expectations are quite dynamic, and they changed. And unfortunately, Rangers came up short. So thanks to all the callers. I could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you. And if you missed any portion of today's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. Select the start of the show. It, I started 30 minutes early, 11 p.m. Great job to Suss tonight behind the glass. Also to Connor Green. And also to Dexter Lawrence on the updates. I'll see you next Sunday night, 6 to 10 p.m. In the meantime, you hit my social medias, at Coach McCartan on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Let's keep the conversation going. Mike Fliegelman up next in minutes right here on WFAN, New York City. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.